0: Hello. If you're tuning into this episode after December of 2020, you will notice some changes. This episode was once five episodes, but has now been squeezed into one for your convenience. As always, thank you for listening.
1: The bracketology.
0: We're back. We hope you enjoyed that Englishness that we did last week. And now we're on Virginia puree.
1: Which is a superior blend, superior to all blends, except for Virginia, because I don't even think Virginia is a blend. <laughs> Someone's gonna yell at me for that.
0: Oh, like, you don't you don't consider straight Virginia a blend? I mean, well, technically, by the term "blend," it's not, unless it's a blend of red and bright. Mm-hmm. Then it is a blend. Yeah,
1: it just seems like it's like from the same. Yeah. I get it. I'm, I'm showing my ignorance right now. It just frustrates me. It's just like, I just, I just want to hear Virginia Flake. I don't want to hear your blends.
0: Mm. Well, I was say like, you like Virginia Flake. That's oh my gosh, I
1: love it. I love it. I'm not knocking it. I'm just yeah. saying like, maybe don't call it a blend. Mm. That's just me.
0: Right. It makes sense, I guess. I like, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, now we're starting off. With the voted number one seed, mm-hmm. Escudo
1: Navy Deluxe. Escudo Navy Deluxe by the Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Mm-hmm. Now these cats just keep coming up. Scandinavian Tobacco Group really just, they just get it. They, it, can, yeah. they can just blend really well.
0: This is my first go with, um, with uh, Escudo. And um, I really, um, I, re- I think it's the first time I've ever, I've ever had a a, a coin, um, a curly cut. Yes, it's the first time I've ever had this, and um, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I like
1: it. It's the number one seed for a reason. The great thing about a coin, or a curly cut, or a medallion, or a doubloon uh, whatever your preferred disc reference is um, is that you can take one you can take three you can fold it you can rub it out I mean it's the best it is the most versatile tobacco and I can tell you right now I mean you can ah, just this is the only thing that frustrates me about a Scudo is a Scudo is on an even playing field with um, the Dunhill Navy Rolls mm-hmm. and they're made by the same group but the Dunhill ones have always cost more and that's always bothered me. I'm like, yeah. "Why don't I just save a couple of bucks and buy a Scudo? I'm not going to taste the difference."
0: Yeah. I don't I've never had. Well, yeah, I've never had. Of course I never had the Dunhill one, but um I mean, yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean,
1: well, I'll, I'll drop 12 bucks on a 10 to the Scudo.
0: And it's pretty readily available. Isn't right,
1: it? and I dropped like 18, 19 on Dunhill. It's mm-hmm. like because of that name, get out of here.
0: Get out of here! But no, this this is a really good blend. I like the uh, the retro hell. and I just I must have a weird a weird uh, palate or whatever. But I'm getting like a coffee, some kind of coffee taste on the back end of the retro hell Once I'm done with it, I don't know what that is.
1: Well, like uh. You're probably tasting just a little bit of that sort of hay-like yeah. at the front, you know, from the Virginias. little sweet, touch of citrus. Um, that sweet is really what's going to kind of move it along. And then that coffee, because I can get, co- like, taste of coffee, some kind of roasted, like, nut kind of taste, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, more ground, like, even um, to a certain extent... Um, like, dip or, like, chewing tobacco has a certain kind of taste that's, you know, I guess you would have to like that kind of stuff, but it has a certain taste that I can just taste. Just a touch of it, just a little, you know, kind of like a Copenhagen straight cut, just Mm. a touch where it's, like, sort of like ground coffee chocolate. Just Mm -hmm. a touch. A touch of it. And it's a little peppery. And I think that's coming from the parique. And if I'm
0: thinking back correctly on... The first part of my component blends, which I didn't really make it past the Virginias <laughs> on that, but I did smoke both Virginias, and I got a coffee. I remember thinking there was a coffee nuttiness to the Virginias. Um, I never really found that hay, but I do. I do sort of see it in this that that hay, that hay likeness. But yeah, this is a really nice, um, a really nice vapor to start off with. It's Sort of refreshing.
1: This is interesting because this is the third iteration I think of the I think it originally the Cope brothers produced it in England from like 1910s to like the 50s and then like I think A.C. Peterson took it over from like the 50s or maybe the 70s up to like the 90s and then it disappeared and then I guess they... Like, with anything, like the Scandinavian Tobacco Group tag-teamed in and just, like, dropped an elbow on it. But from what I gather, you know, um, most people... It's kind of weird. Like, you talk to some of the old, old dogs and they'll tell you that it's not the same, that, like, the A.C. Peterson blend was a little richer. And I can get that. But at the same time, I... Sometimes I'm hard-pressed on how you really, like, even without a topping, without anything, how do you screw up a, uh, a, a Virginia Parique blend? It seems like a really difficult blend to screw up because you're going to find an audience. Yeah. Because your measurements, be it 1090 or, or 4060, you know, your percentages, mm-hmm. I think you're going to still hit an audience. I mean, granted, I don't think you want to smoke straight Perique, you know, that just it sounds like it just wouldn't be very appetizing because I find that Perique is a condiment, a, a truffle, if you will. It's a good add-on. It's an addition that balances out the Virginias and kind of gives it a little bit more character and complexity. But yeah. even then, you know, with it being something that's a condiment, something that can be light and, and natural in the background, even if you amped it up to forty to sixty percent, or fifty percent, fifty fifty, you know, I'm pretty sure you'd find an audience. Yeah,
0: yeah. Perique and Burley are definitely to me add on blends, um, or add on components. What I'd like to try, I don't know if there's a blend out there like this. I mean, I got some, I got the components that I can make it myself, but I'd like to see. A latifia parique blend, like just latifia parique. Just
1: Latakia and parique. You think it'd work? I don't know.
0: Or if it, if that's too much, a a um like a, a forty like a forty five percent Latakia forty five percent Virginia, and then ten percent parique. You know, some kind of vapor, either a, either a Latakia Perique or a vapor latifia. And see what
1: happens. Hmm. Let me ask you something. In that scenario, what do you top it with? Well, in the scenario
0: of me doing it, nothing. But in like if some if somebody out there did it, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to just have it not not topped, just to see, because uh, I'd rather I'd rather see what the tobacco's doing first. But I don't know. I don't I don't know. I I haven't found a a topping that I'm like, oh, you know, I like everything that this is topped with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't even look. I don't I don't care sometimes. You know what I mean? I probably right. should look at that, but I a lot of times I don't. I'll come up with that blend. Uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna play with it. I've been wanting to do that. Maybe that's something we'll do in in the coming months. Um, maybe test each other out, come up with blends on our own and have each other try them. I'll See, be looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, That'll be fun. Now, granted, of course, I, I can't, I can't like press a bunch or do. All, all I really am going to be doing is pulling whatever cut I got it in. Like the perique I got is granulated, and then like the Latakia and the and the Virginias I have, I think, are ribbon cut. Nice. So you know, all I'm going to be doing is just throwing them in there and mixing them around. Really,
1: actually. I mean, you could technically put it in a like a like a redneck press. Something, yeah, and in- clamp it.
0: Maybe put it in a ziplock bag, then lay two textbooks on
1: it. I do parchment paper. Well, you could do that too,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, parchment paper, sh- something, mm-hmm. uh, and then just put something heavy on it. And but, it
1: would be kind of like a crumble uh, press,
0: yeah, yeah. But back to the escudo, Th- this is a really good blend, I think. Um, you know, right now, I it's pretty. I mean, it's 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 high. I guess. I mean, it's mm-hmm. high on the list right now.
1: I mean, there's nothing wrong with the Scudo, and it's it's it's. it's of execution, it's um, uniformity, um, it's amazing. Actually, it is not going to be the most. Um, I don't. I don't want to do like too many out of the ballpark. Uh, comparisons but there is a standard a lack of richness in a way in the Virginia that sort of makes this probably the good people call it the king of Virginia Paris and I get it but at the same time sometimes I want something a little bit more amped up in my Virginia Perique blend so you know this is the perfect everyday smoke, literally nonstop. You could just smoke a pipe and then go grab another one and smoke another one. It's never going to, like, overpower you or anything. Like, it's very sweet, creamy. It's got that kind of – those, like, sort of coffee, chocolate, like, light notes at the end. It's a It's a little spicy. It's so standard and so convenient because those coins, they – you can fold them. You can, you can rub them out. You can do just about anything with this coin um, because the curly cut is super versatile. And we're going to be dealing with another curly cut um, uh, this week. Um, but the curly cut itself is just amazing. Um, there is one looming um, Virginia Perique blend that I have not tried yet that I plan on getting a hold of. It's a little pricey, but um, the curly cut is actually a block, so it comes in like a rod. Mm. Um, it's actually called, it's a, so you, you've you tried the Peter Heinrichs Dark Strong, right? Yeah, I like it. They have Peter Heinrichs uh, curly block. Oh, so it's a vapor? It's a vapor. Apparently, it's pretty impressive. Um, I'd like to try it, but I mean, like I said, this would be the standard that I compare everything against. Doesn't necessarily qualify it as the best for me, but I do think universally it's the best for everyone. It's sort of,
0: again, just going off taste, not going off of readiness or cut or anything. But going back to last week, it is very much the equivalent to Margate, as far as its its standard. You either go up or down from here, basically.
1: Yes, but I think that it's universe. It could well because I don't. I well I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Because and the reason I say I don't isn't necessarily that what you're saying is wrong. It's just that I do think that this is enjoyable, and I think yeah. that at the beginning and through time, Margate isn't exactly the most enjoyable.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, but now, but but. Is that more because it's in because you like vapor blends more than English blends? Would that have something to do with it? Hmm.
1: That's a pretty good point. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean, you could almost say that. I don't know. I don't know because I like vapors more than I like Englishes. Um, so of course, I think Escudo is better than Margate. I think Escudo is better than uh, Ashton. Hmm. Just on the simple fact, I like vapor more. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, I guess I'm just trying to think of, like, when we're talking about those standards, it's like you go up or down from this point. If Margate is the standard English, and this is a standard vapor, then I guess they're sort of akin to one another. Mm-hmm. It just depends on which blend you like more.
1: We'll, we'll gauge what you like. Right, right. No, that um, makes sense. Um I do think there's a personal preference in everything. Yes, yes. Which is why I think that you can do better than a Scudo because your personal taste... Now, granted, your personal taste might be like what I consider middle of the road. It's not an insult. I just think that this is like really balanced. Yeah, It's got just enough complexity, just enough the right elements that I think it can be universally lauded as the best. And I don't think that that, that moniker is negative or, or misplaced or misplaced. Mm. Uh, prescribed um it's right dead on but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's my pick yes
0: and two things i would say is um you know getting sort of going into the one we'll tackle tomorrow um is the elizabethan and sort of going to um to uh, you know stuffing things the the youtube channel uh which i'm sure everybody that's listening to us has Watch this channel. (laughs) Um, You know, he's, you know, he was a big Elizabethan guy. And, you know, sort of the way I've looked at it, you know, he he replaced it with Stratford. And Stratford, you know, is just a no, no nonsense, just, it's just plain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some people... An everyday smoke, they want it plain. They mm-hmm. don't want a lot of complexity. I'm not. I'm not justifying him. He, he, his reasons may be completely different. But you know, justifying some decisions like that, in my mind, it's like, well, I could see where, you know, I love the complexity of, um, I don't know. I mean, just let's just say a scudo. Say say a scudo is pretty high complex to me. I may still would like to have Stratford on a day in day out basis. Um, but, you know, that, again, that's all subject to the person. But the other point I was going to say is, you know, you were saying that it, the Virginias in this are complex enough. This is sort of going outside our conversation about the blend itself, but what makes, how would you make a vapor more complex if you're not talking about the, the ratios? How do you, how, how does that come about? Is it, is it where you get your Virginias? Is it how you um, cut and blend it, like, like you know what I mean? What gives a what? What would give the Virginia more complexity, other than adding more, or taking it away?
1: Well, I mean, curing's going to have something to do with that a little bit, I think, um, and um, and then just like you said, quantity, mm-hmm. bigger percentages. So, but I mean, I do think that the curing process for Virginia's air, flu, um, sun. Um, you know, even to a certain extent, uh, steamed, um, which is flu cured. But what I mean is like press steaming, like the way you get like a Cavendish, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to affect the way that Virginia pre- performs. Um, its seed is going to, of course, I've heard different scenarios. I need to research this a little bit heavier, but like um, the seed of it, like being bright yellow, red, maybe the soil uh, it's grown in. Errar, I guess, as the French say. Um, anyway, I think that those can have component to the crop yield, but you know, I think that in the blend itself, it's a, it's gonna, it's gonna be a game of topping, um, and blending percentages. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe someone could be like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Red Virginias are way richer. Again, it's off subject
0: to the uh-huh. person. Two more questions and bringing it back to Escudo. Now, it says it's a combination of full-bodied Virginia from North Carolina and Virginia. Do you, do you know, is this red and brights in here or is it just...
1: Uh, I think it, it is a combo of red and bright Virginia. Uh, it has a...
0: Yeah, I think it is because so looking at this medallion, the the dark is definitely the Parique. But then there's a brown and then there's like a yellow. hmm So I guess it is both. Unless I'm reading this wrong.
1: Well, let's see here. See if I can find some course here. It just says Virginia. It doesn't really give you. a... This is a full-bodied Virginia from North Carolina, and Virginia. Okay, maybe they're maybe they're just brights.
0: Well, I said it looks like it looks like there's both red and bright, mm-hmm. based on what I'm looking at. But I've I have a young man's eye. Uh, my second question though is, what do you think the percentage is uh, of Virginia to Perique in this blend?
1: Uh, twenty to thirty percent perique, sixty. Uh, I mean, seven. uh oh, gosh, seventy, eighty percent Virginia. Really?
0: Now I feel like we we shortchanged everybody last week because I think we're talking so much more about the. We're getting deeper into these blends. Well, <laughs> we can't help it. We just like these blends more.
1: I mean. Well, I mean, in the defense of that, like this is what I'm going to say is going to sound completely insane. But, I'm, I'm used to it. Um, I feel like you can do more with a Virginia Barique, um because it is really about percentages and toppings, and it's not about which 1,700 tobacco types can I put into it to make an English. Because, I mean, like, look at Englishes and how they're defined. Like, you know, an English standard, like we discussed, is what? Virginia, Oriental, Latakia. Yep. And then you got some in there it's like, well, we got Cavendish. Well, we also have Perique. Well, it's more oriental Ford, but it's not a Balkan because we didn't have Perique in there. It's not a kitchen sink because there's no black Cavendish. It's just, like, crazy. You know? Because, like, what you're having to get involved with is the every nuance of every different uh, type. And then because all of them have different characteristics, some are spicier, some are more um, smoky, some are sweeter, Toaster. creamer, some are toasty. some have been sugared a little bit with the topping. Um, you know, I mean, all of them can be pretty much different and then they're blended together and you're kind of like getting, you know, a cost of all these different flavors. Not a bad thing at all. However, it does add to the aggravation, and I wouldn't even say the enjoyment. I mean, you could say enjoyment because you're sussing out all this stuff, and they are enjoyable to smoke, but sometimes it is very aggravating to go through the rigmarole of being like, well, what is this, or why is this this way, or, you know, how would you blend this, and what quantities? Do you really need this much more tobacco in terms of Latakia or Oriental, or you know, it just... Every little aspect changes it, and you can get completely wild. That's what people either love or hate in English, because it's exactly tailored to what they think. And if they don't do the, if they don't the, they keep the percentages and the toppings uh, ratio correct, I mean, it's blown. That's the reason they top it and everything, is trying to keep a uniformity to it, because mm-hmm. crops are going to yield a little bit differently every year. But at the same time, it's like, what if they didn't do the Black Haven just right? Or like, what if, you know... There's a lot of factors to making an English. That's why it's always amazing when they make one that's consistent. Mm. But that's also why I think that the che- people cheat a little bit by putting more Latakia into an English blend because I think it masks a lot of that. I think you don't even have to worry about topping as much if you're if you're putting a, a good ratio of Latakia because it blinds you out to the other flavors because it's so overpowering even if even if say you used a small amount like 20% yeah you're still getting blasted
0: yeah i mean now are there are there any blends sort of chasing a rabbit here are there any blends that are predominantly latakia and, and like dark fire kentucky cuz both those seem aren't, aren't they aren't they produced the same way um, or in a similar way just one is taking burley and doing it that way
1: one, Kentucky's burley, Yes. And it doesn't have the same characteristics.
0: Well, I know they don't have some characteristics, but like, for so like dark fire, you know, they, they let it, they let it filled wilt and then they hang it up in the barn and, and they do the smoldering and they let it smoke for like three or four days. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how Latakia is done though too?
1: Well, one, Latakia uses much more aromatic wood. So you're looking at mm. your cedars and what have you. Um, which is going to, like, give off a much more aromatic smoke, which is why you're getting punched in the face. Um, I would love to do a dark fire mesquite and see what would happen to it. What do they use now? What, in Latakia? No,
0: in um, dark fire. I think
1: it's just uh, different grades of just oak and stuff and hickory or something like that, and they just smoke it out. American? Yeah, just hardwoods. Okay and uh it's a moist kind of sawdust mixture so it smolders a little bit more another difference is is they do it for three days i'm pretty sure when you're smoking a lot of it's a month
0: Mm. because like to me again i I don't know about taste since burley doesn't i guess it's sort of questionable For the most part, burley just adds smoke, or white burley at least, Mm -hmm. just adds smoke to your blend. It doesn't really add a flavor uh, that much. Mm -hmm. But to me, that would like make the perfect, when you say you're going to smoke a tobacco, right? That makes the most sense to me because Latakia is the most smoky tasting. And then the white burley is going to make it so smoky, like the actual smoke. It just seems like they're like a match made in heaven, almost.
1: Yeah. Because
0: you're tasting that smoky flavor, but you're seeing that smoke as well. Well,
1: I mean, that's the reason why, like, I even think this is, I mean, if you think about it, you want the thing to be sort of planned and then take on the characteristics of what you're doing to it, which would be smoking it. So Mm -hmm. it makes the most sense. And I think that Burley is a good choice because Burley has, I think, the highest, a higher nicotine content than Virginia and like your Oriental and et cetera. Mm. But when you smoke it, I think it also tames that they have to kind of like watch it pretty carefully or else it loses some of that nicotine. Mm. And reason why they only do it for a certain amount of days. Cause I think if the time that stuff wrong, it ruins the crop. If you oversmoke it, it will ruin it to a Kentuckian. But it doesn't do that to like a lot of Kia though. Well, I mean, Obviously not, they smoke it for a month, but then again, do they care about the nicotine or do they care about the flavor because I'm not tasting the flavor of tobacco on that because the tobacco is like Turkish Samson or like something like that some it's a specific oriental leaf that they smoke to make and a laue mm-hmm and you can just smoke that leaf and it's good, but it doesn't taste like the leaf after it's been gone through that process
2: hmm.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, so so you are you going about middle middle with the Scudo?
1: I'm going to say upper middle.
0: Okay. I mean, it's a safe bet, really, just to start your first one out at middle, and then adjust as you go. But I really do think that the Scudo is pretty high right now. I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to to see what Elizabethan has to offer.
1: And that's interesting too, because like. Even if this was like, well, this is the worst thing I've ever tasted, right? Mm-hmm. But then the next three are the worst things i actually ever tasted, and then I guess this would pull out a win. But I think that overall its characteristics, its ability to be versatile, and an all-day pleasurable smoke makes it really just an upper-tiered middle. Yeah. It's not doing anything fancy, but it isn't doing anything that I feel like breaking me.
0: It, it's playing its part well. That's right. It's a vapor. Mm-hmm. It's a good smoke.
1: You can smoke it any time of the day. Indeed, you can.
0: But, well, I think that concludes our uh, Tabrachatology Vapor Part 1. Uh, join us tomorrow as we venture into an Elizabethan mixture.
2: That's
1: right. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy the smoke. Enjoy the road. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy life. Day two of the vape. Vaping. Oh, wait. No, that's what hipsters do. Vapors.
0: (laughs) If you're a hipster listening to this podcast, I apologize.
1: (laughs) They wouldn't admit. They wouldn't admit it.
0: You know what? To me, it doesn't make sense that pipe smoking isn't something that hipsters do.
1: Well. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It seems like something right up their alley.
1: Don't tell too much truth, man. I'm going to get the vapors. Pass out in this chair. What? The vapors. hmm. I'm going to get them. Are you making some kind of pop culture reference? You, know, you don't know that? You know, oh, Lord, no, I got the vapors. And you just pass out like old southern ladies. And that's why they always had those like, weird chairs, those armoire chairs, or whatever they're called. Mm-mm. no Well, there you go. when You get the vapors. It's like when you—it's like mild hysteria. it Doesn't really make it's any not like, sense. It's not when like swooning, just, is it? Pretty much, you pass out. And you're just like,
2: ah.
0: <laughs> oh, god. Well, I was about to say. I mean, so far, this is so much more of a vacation or heaven than last week. Oh. Yeah. I'm already enjoying this a lot. Right. Not to say I didn't enjoy it last week, of course.
1: Well, I think coming home to your favorite blend is nice. You know, I mean, because I think this is what you and I settle into predominantly uh, in an evening. You know. Yeah. This is probably going to be
0: blasphemy on some level. I don't mean to do this. I'm just speaking my mind, as you as you people know, I do. The only... that I love pipe smoking. The only thing that sometimes keeps me from doing it more often is the fact that if it's... Say I've already ate dinner and I'm smoking a pipe before bed, the taste, no matter what I do, the pipe, the smoke is going to stick to me until the next morning. There's nothing I can do about it. And I... And to... A certain someone, she does not like that. Hmm. That is the biggest drawback that keeps me from being like a, a, a two bowls a day every day of the week kind of guy.
1: You know, I, uh, I've i got this real, pretty pungent uh, cologne. Yeah. Um, But it's interesting because it's a water base. I guess maybe they all are, but... So it it evaporates fairly quickly, mm-hmm. so you're not stuck with that cologne smell on you. Yeah, you can spritz yourself with it, and you won't smell like smoking a war. And I do it every night. I just spritz myself down, and uh, well, I'm talking about all my
0: breath. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, I should have made it more clear. I'm only talking about my breath. Pipe the smoke don't stick to my clothes at all, really. Mm. I'm just talking about my breath. If if I've already ate and I'm not planning on eating anymore that night. I could gargle five times gargoyle. I could gargle with mouth mouthwash four or five times. I could brush my teeth twice, three times, four times. That that smoke taste is gonna stay on my breath mm. until probably until I eat breakfast or lunch the next day.
1: Interesting.
0: And that's what old Little Miss Lady don't like. Yeah. And I don't really like it either. I, I don't like waking up and tasting smoke in my mouth. If it if it tasted like the tobacco in my mouth, I'd be I'd be a little bit more okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that's something that just irks me. And again, I, it might be a little blaspheme. listen. I get a little I get a little um, timid when it comes to crit- critiquing things of the tobacco smoking pipe uh, hobby because I don't want anybody to misconstrue and think I don't like it. Because why would I be doing it? A- a podcast about it, mm-hmm. if
1: I didn't like it. But I'm, be, I'm going to be honest about it. And there's, there's some aspects. I mean, um, I am not the biggest fan of cleaning pipes all the time. Reaming them, like, every once in a while, I can get into that. But I was like, man, I could be smoking right now. And some I'm sure someone out there is like, why don't you smoke and clean them at the same time? Because I don't want to. Well, I, that's funny you say that, because, like, any time you
0: run down the rabbit hole of YouTube and you see like I don't know, uh, like a a factory where people are making them or somebody, some, you know uh, artisan maker making one they're always smoking while they're making the pipe and I just think it's so funny
1: that just doesn't seem very relaxing to me I just want to do the thing that I want to do while not doing anything else reading is the most active I can get while smoking a pipe, outside of that I don't really want to do
0: anything. I think I can sort of agree with you, but only in the sense of if I'm if I'm focusing in on like say it's a blend I've never had before, mm-hmm. or I'm trying to understand a blend, then I, I I can't really be doing anything other than relaxing or reading a book or um, maybe playing a game. Um, but if I'm just smoking to get that relaxed feel, mm-hmm. I could do anything. I could do anything while I smoke. I could cook. I could take a walk. But if I'm actually trying to focus in on a blend, I, actually, I can't walk
1: while I smoke. Well, I think, I think there's just too much going on. Even when you walk to a certain degree, you're going to get a little airflow in that chamber that you didn't want because you're going against, even if it's dead still, I find that birds mm-hmm. burns a little hotter when I'm active. I don't always want that. That's why I have to kind of pick the, the blend A very specific blend. I I do a couple of different comparisons when I'm smoking something new. Like I'll try it when I'm sitting down, which is when I'm predominantly smoking. I'm always kind of in a lounger or something, and I'm just relaxing and smoking. But every once in a while, I smoke while I'm active. And I do a little test run every once in a while with new tobaccos to see how they test out while I'm active. Because that is going to affect the flavor of that smoke. And I would prefer if it were consistent and doesn't get overpowering which is probably why I sort of lean towards vapors because I think that they're relatively consistent no matter what you're doing. I mean, I don't think I would want to be, or anybody would want to be stuck in a windstorm because just lighting up in general would be a nightmare, but that constant airflow, um, that's going to, well, it's going to heat up my pipe to no, to no limit. And then probably sour off those tobaccos. It's just not pleasurable.
0: I do know, like, there's, there's some. I don't know if they're listeners, but I do know people that we follow, and I think they they follow us on Instagram, that are big into lunting. You know, the the hiking while smoking. Um, and I I do think sometimes I think they say there's a benefit to that because you're you are sort of exerting exerting yourself, right. and it also creates it can, it could create hallucinations. Really, <laughs> it, it intensifies the tobacco. I I'd read that somewhere. Hmm. I've never I've never lunted. Uh, hmm. Most I've run's walk, just like on even ground. Hmm. Um, there was actually a cabin that was for sale that I, around these parts I wanted to buy, and move into, and it came with like five acres of wooded land, and I was gonna cut me out like a a, a one or two mile trail through it, and that was gonna be my morning like lunt. <laughs> Coffee and a, coffee and
1: a smoke and a hike. There's nothing quite like having coffee with tobacco. They pair up so nice. Mm-hmm. Only
0: thing you gotta, only thing you gotta watch out for. In my personal opinion, is you know you gotta let that coffee cool just a little bit. Don't wanna, don't wanna burn your tongue, and then have smoke, hot smoke hitting it too. For me, I, that's annoying to me.
1: I mean, it definitely kills everything about. Well, it definitely kills it when you're trying to enjoy it, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. But getting into this Escudo, or not a scooter, we did that yesterday, uh, this Elizabethan. Mm-hmm. For, before, we, before we get any further, I think I can understand why old Stuff and Things chose Stratford as his replacement. Yeah. Because this is a pretty, this is even more middle of the road than a Escudo. <laughs> like there's not a lot happening here it's not complex it's
1: not it's really and it's not middle of the road in a way that it's like here let me bestow upon you the tobacco to compare against all these types of blends you know Mm -hmm. it's just more like why am I smoking this (laughs) um Scandinavian Tobacco Group produced Elizabethan Mm -hmm. you know um so, why smoke it when you can smoke a Scudo? That's what, that would be my question. It's not that impressive to me. If
0: we're talking taste. Now, I know some people, the cut would make a difference. Some people would rather have that ribbon cut to that medallion.
1: I don't see why. Man, that just seems crazy to me. But I mean, teach their own, obviously. And there's no wrong way to smoke a pipe in general, anyway. Um, you might know, look foolish trying to smoke it upside down, but I mean, there's no wrong way, really. But I mean,. Um, to me, you know, you you sorta of already, you know, have an organization that is responsible for the classic of classic vapor blends. So I'm not hundred percent sure what the reasoning would be on trying to smoke uh, something something that just is just as eh, eh eh, what is it? I don't know. Eh. It's nothing yeah. it's not very meaty or hearty it doesn't really kick you and knock you down it's not something you want to smoke after a big meal it's not something you smoke before a big meal it's just it's just there it's just like hey you remember me that's elizabethan and
0: to me it might be could just be the name on it Dunhill.
1: uh yeah except nightcap and 965 are pretty awesome well well i'm talking about for papers right but i'm just saying they get that as well, and well, granted, we did have 965 lose out to Ashton and yeah. blend. But I mean, those are really, I mean, those are very. I know you haven't smoked nightcap, but it's a very flavorful and full and complex. And 965 oh, has, you know, quite a lot of oh, yeah, interesting notes <clears throat> as well. But
0: I was I, referring to comparing to Escudo, you were saying, oh. like, wow, like since S- S- Scandinavian tobacco group since it does both why would you pick one over the other and i'm saying i think the name
1: oh i got you yeah i mean especially if you're doing something like buying dunhill navy rolls it's just like dude just get the scooter because it's going to be just as good if anything a scooter could probably benefit more from you know a couple years of age
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: uh Elizabeth, it's just like I don't know. I'm just not in the mood to hunt it down or do anything else with it because it's just me.
0: So sort of like, why waste your time? Yeah, but again, there's people out there that love it, and I'm not knocking anybody for liking it because you're, everybody's taste is different. There's, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, just to me, it's just it's just like a plain game. Like there's nothing. And again, like I said, I think I can sort of see why that guy went with Stratford. I, and, and I like Stratford. But it is very – I think Stratford's better than this.
1: Mm. That's kind of sad. It's like you it took a step up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, if you guys haven't had an opportunity um, – this is kind of crazy because I'm kind of going off the rails a little bit. But we're smoking Elizabethan. We've had a Scudo. You know, we've got Bullseye and Telegraph Hill. Now, Telegraph is the one I'm really interested in. Really interested yeah. in. Yeah.
0: Because that's what's crazy. Maybe that's one thing we'll have to get to later is there's so many vapors that we like that did not make this cut.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Once I find out what Telegraph Hill tastes like, which I know is going to be inferior to Fillmore, I'm gonna recommend everyone go smoke Fillmore, because that is a rich, delicious, just fruity, complicated, chocolatey dessert tobacco. Hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't pitch it in any other way. It's perfect.
0: Now, is that something that you, that you look for in a vapor? Is a fruity, chocolatey dessert type smoke? As long is...
1: as it's not topped, I feel like that's a that's a characteristic. And I also mentioned that there's a sourness that comes with Fillmore, mm. uh, a a layover grapefruit taste aftertaste, but it's got all those other flavors in it too.
0: Mm. You don't like grapefruit? You say it the other day.
1: I'm not the I'm not really a fan. No. Mm. I, I can get... eat it. It's fine. I mean, it's just really it has a different. <laughs> The taste of grapefruit two hours after you've eaten it is actually alright. In other words, it's like a kind of a residual citrus sour. Yeah. I love grapefruit juice. Mm. I love
0: that I, I mean, I could drink that all day long. But I'm weird. I like V eight. Like plain V eight.
1: I like V eight when you add Tabasco and vodka. Mm. What's that called? Well, it's called a good morning. That's what it's called.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say what it really is called. As <laughs> a good morning. It's, it's funny because it's morning. Well, yeah. I'm so I'm. I'm. I'm really disappointed. I'm. I'm happy because if i really liked it, then I'm sort of out of luck.
1: I think sometimes the best gift in life is finding out that something that is impossible to acquire is not good.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, I mean, that—that that is not playing a role in any of my decision-making in this. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah I mean,
1: like, I can test... I mean, I can be a testament to, like, Patrick's... Really, he's so steadfast in having these set rules of reviewing and negotiating things. Like, he likes the essentialness of something which would be in tobacco's case flavor he's probably not going to really pay too much attention to the cut packability how it burns um what what does it burn in that is you know like what kind of pipe style or material does it burn best in he's sort of just like this is the way it tastes i got a little wetness from it but you're not really going to comment on that. Like, you know, if you gurgle in the pipe, he doesn't really mention any of that kind of stuff. Um, what he really cares about is overall flavor, overall consistency. And really, I think it, in this case and in, in many in other cases where we've talked about tobacco, um, is it something that he would recommend to you? Yeah. Uh, my yeah. thinking is like sort of more universal.
0: Yeah. Which I think matters when it comes to personal i I think i think that's that's something you should care about
1: right but i mean i have like kind of a universal idea of the way things should be um is it readily available that's that's a certain amount of points in my decision um does it have these notes that i like is it capable of being smoked all day if you smoke too much of it does it overpower you does it underwhelm does it sour Um, those are the kinds of things I look for um, overall Um, the things I look for when I'm actually smoking it um, you know is it rich does it have these characteristics or things that I like Uh, would it pair up well with something else Um, I don't think Elizabethan does any of those
0: and that's one thing you know that that might be something that I'll grow into. Some of the some of what you're talking about, like, does it sour? Does it get on top of you? Stuff like that. That, yeah, that that might be something I'll grow into as I get older, or or not older as an age, but get more years on me as a pipe smoker. hmm But right, yeah, you, yeah, I mean. I would say, again, no. Tobacco's good, no matter what it is. So, I mean, I think we've said that enough that we probably don't have to ever say it again. But, I mean, tobacco's I like to, good.
1: I mean, I think if if I was put on some sort of desert island or something, and someone said, "Here's an infinite number of pipes." you only get to smoke Elizabethan I mean I think I'd be an Elizabethan fan (laughs) I'd be like (laughs) okay bring it on I guess you know I'll have to learn to love it
0: but I will say that this this is low low on the list it's so low that it'd be a toss up if I'd smoke it or Margate Mm -hmm.
1: Elizabethan is so low it has to look up and look down (laughs) oh yeah
0: Good lord, he's here all week, folks.
1: Oh, I agree, man. It's definitely not the best.
0: The fact that I would smoke you know, three out of the four Englishes we smoked last week over this,
1: yeah, it's sad too because we're real big Virginia Pareed fans,
0: yeah. Yeah. But so now I'm, I'm very excited now. Just like you, I'm excited for Telegraph Hill. I've never had luxury Bullseye play. What I've you, ne- I've never had any of these vapors. I've talking. had
1: everything except for um, Telegraph Hill.
0: Huh. Yeah. Huh.
1: You know, as I stated before, I mean, once you try Fillmore. Is there even a reason to go into another category? And I don't think there is.
0: Well, I don't know. Sometimes, to me, if a, if, a, if a maker or a blender, a producer of tobacco feels the need to have multiple vapors in a lineup, then there's got to be something different about them enough to, to be warranted. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, yeah, Fillmore may be the best, but it makes me be like, well, then why are they making Telegraph Hill? Why are they making Stratford? Why are people buying them? You know? So I guess there's got to be something that differentiates them, but not in a lower quality way.
1: I think it's just people. Hmm. That's what differentiates them, hmm. you know? I think Elizabethan isn't a particularly great blend. Um, like you said, the stuffing Things guy, he likes it a lot. But the reason he likes it, I think, is because I think that's one of his first tobaccos. And I have a deep love for Ashton still.
0: But you don't have a deep love for Margate still.
1: That's true. I also mentioned that maybe Ashton might have changed a little bit in its blend. Yeah. Like what the reason it was good for me in my youth, is not the same reason it's good for me presently.
0: Yeah. Now, granted, too, another thing that we have to think about, and I hate referring back to stuff and things, but it's sort of inherent with this episode because we're smoking, you know, his baby. But, you know, I think he's only been smoking, what, six years?
1: Yeah, has not been very long, I think, but, I mean, I don't... But where is... I mean... Has he has he not I mean are we just basing that on his YouTube channel? Did he start the YouTube channel because of pipes? Mm.
0: but it just doesn't seem like he smoked as long as you have now I'm not saying that means that you know more or anything like that all I'm saying is you've had years maybe I don't know maybe and what and another thing too is I, I feel like he probably smokes more let's just let's just hypothetically here. Let's say he's only been smoking six years. You've been smoking on and off for 13. That's right. I feel like for the way he does stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I got to say that y'all probably smoke the same amount of bowls in your lifetime. Because he sm- he's got to be smoking three bowls a day, three four bowls a day.
1: He does go through tens tins quite, quite frequently.
0: Especially when he's reviewing stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, though, though he may not have the years... I he's he's got the, he may have the bowls. You right. Cuz now we saw somebody today on Instagram mention that they smoke 10 to 15 a day. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get 10 to 15 in a week if I tried. Because because if you did it two two if you did two bowls a day
1: mm-hmm.
0: every day of the week that's still only 14.
1: Right. I can smoke um, maybe six bowls a day. Oh, good Lord. That, but that, man, like, golly, like, what am I basing that off of, too? Usually I smoke smaller pipes. I, I have a... It's aesthetically pleasing to me to have a smaller pipe. I don't like big pipes as much. Um, I have some big pipes. Don't really use them that much. They're fine. Um, but,
0: yeah, I'm sort of
1: a... But your bowl size is
0: still standard, right? Most of your bowl sizes?
1: I think Boswell isn't, really.
0: Your is not a standard one? Is oh, it's about so. this, about like Chody?
1: It's a little bigger, actually.
0: Oh, this guy
1: is? No, my Boswell's are. Oh. Well, I think my Boswell's are actually a lot bigger. And then I have a, I don't know if I've ever showed it to you, but I have a pipe that I call the Viking pipe. Oh, yeah. It looks it like is. a brandy glass. Yeah, and it is gigantic. Um, One day I'm just going to fill it up with my favorite tobacco. But I mean, like, smoking that Joker is like smoking a half
0: ten. Mm. See, I think all my pipe bowls are, this is probably my smallest. Mm -hmm. This little old Boswell. my biggest is my um, billiard, my straight billiard, it's got it's got really thin walls. It's real deep. Um, it's it's probably like a like a standard and a half. If I was gonna guess. But golly,
1: man, that's a huge bowl too. I looked I've looked at that bowl a couple of times. and just been shocked at how big it is.
0: And I can definitely tell the, the walls of it are thin, not by just looking at it. Which of course you can look at it and tell. But it it gets hot. It gets hottest of all my pipes. It, it gets hotter just because there's not as much. Wood surrounding the bowl, or around around that area. So.
1: It kind of looks like they screwed up the drilling, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily mm-hmm. aesthetically not pleasing or something. It's just, man, you really were going for the just the full yeah. on gigantic diameter. Like, oh yeah, or, and it's just.
0: And one thing which I don't know if if it's the the way with all Peterson straight billiards, but yeah, you know, it's it's not a it's not a system pipe. Like it, 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 It's just a straight through. Can it? you
1: have a system in a straight pipe?
0: I don't know. It, it depends on how. I guess it depends on how big your, your shank is. If you got a pretty thick shank, I, I feel like you, you could, you could still have that reservoir. Mm-hmm. It seems a little tricky, the, the drilling.
1: Yeah, man. All that drilling is pretty tricky. It looks like. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. How do you drill? I mean, how, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. This Boswell almost has like a de facto system in it, in a way, because the 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 hole where the tannin goes in, it the the draft hole, is drilled a little bit lower. Right. So like I can't I can't run a a, a pipe cleaner straight through this guy.
1: I have the same. I I struggle with the same thing here. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this pipe is really peculiar because the base tenon drill, which would be where the um, tenon fits in, mm-hmm. um, goes in at a pretty normal angle. But then the draft hole is actually upward angled. Mm. So when you get a pipe cleaner down into this thing, it gets stopped by the tenon drill. That's and it, Okay, yeah. And then you almost have to angle it upward to get it into the draft hole, mm-hmm. and that's almost impossible.
0: Mm-hmm. See with my with my Peterson, that first one I, I got that Killarney, it is a system, and one once or twice I've been able to run the because there's such a curve on that on that stem, I've been able to run the pipe cleaner in, pull it back a little bit, and then turn the pipe cleaner and get that turned and then run it back in and get through that reservoir. Mm. I've only done it once or twice.
1: It's hard to make a... It's, it is extremely difficult to make a pipe cleaner responsive. Mm. <laughs> they used to make these great pipe cleaners. I cannot remember what they were called. Like I don't think they were Brevio. They might have been. Man, um, instead of the loose i guess aluminum wire that holds the bristles together Mm -hmm. it was thick so you Mm -hmm. could actually jam it it wouldn't give if it hit a snag you just keep fishing it until it went through because it was so rigid that's awesome it's one of the best pipe cleaners i've ever had i cannot remember for the life of me what it is and you can't find them i don't know what happened to them but they probably were too expensive to produce but they're gone now. And those are the best pipe cleaners. And the cool thing was they come in a brown, uh, like a paper brown um, envelope. And then when you open it up, you had two things. You had all the nice new bristles that were very, very rigid. And then they gave you a, a um, like, basically another bristle. But it was specific to getting out all the scratchy stuff inside the shank. Hmm. Um, it was a it was a wired haired pipe cleaner basically, um, and it was just an added little bonus you got with those with those things. I wish I had that tool because it made cleaning my uh, cleaning my shank so much better. Hmm. You know
0: what's funny? Growing up, you know you you get pipe cleaners for like arts and crafts mm-hmm. and crap in elementary school. I never associated pipe cleaners with pipe. To like smoking pipes, tobacco pipes, which I'm sure that's they were invented just for that, right? Yeah, I think so. But like, I never like I don't know why, but my mind never went to a,
1: a pipe. Well, you're in good company, because every single time I have had a pipe cleaner out, literally the first thing I hear is, "Why do you have a pipe cleaner? Are you doing arts and crafts?" And then they see my pipe. And I literally point at it and say, What's well, for my pipe. And they go, and then there's that crazy epiphany. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, it's for pipes. Yeah. It's a pipe cleaner. And they have this revelation right in front of me. And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. I know I've seen this like a thousand times. Like, so get out of my office.
0: See, I've had a similar, because like I sort of just let it like, Whenever I got into the, whenever you got me into the pipes, it, it like it was like a little flash of like, oh, I, I guess I do need pipe cleaners. I need something to clean it with. And then I didn't think twice of it. It's sort of like, it's sort of like you you say it, and I'm like, all right, well yeah, okay, let's let's, let's do it. But but so then I've had a similar experience, but instead of, it's more like a smart aleck person saying mm-hmm. it. They were like, oh yeah, a pipe cleaner actually being used to clean a pipe. It's sort of like they had the epiphany, but they didn't want me to know they had the epiphany. They they wanted to be, sound a little bit more smarter, smarter than they were, and more clever. But
1: and I don't care. Like you can get away with it if you don't know or you just whatever. I'm I feel like I probably because you because you, <laughs> you use them in elementary school or or you know your primary years as a kind of a crafts project. And then it really doesn't come full circle until you see someone use one to clean out a pipe. And, and then, then it's literally, you you have disassociated that product with anything other than just crafts. I mean, you can go into Walmart and buy, I could buy deep blue pipe cleaners, extra fuzzy, look like caterpillars. They probably won't do anything from a pipe. Yeah. But they're specifically for... Craft.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say is, like, in my mind, arts and crafts, if I see a colored pipe cleaner, that's automatically what I think of. But if I see a white pipe cleaner, I don't associate that with, with, associate that with crafts mm-hmm. at all
1: anymore. It's only pipes. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it'd be kind of funny if you only assume, like, why don't I have the? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm a pipe smoker. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, like, but I don't know, man, I, like... You know, and it makes sense. It's just like, it, it it makes sense why our generation, well, this generation and, you know, millennials and such, why why that would happen. Because, you know, pipe smoking isn't as popular now as it was, I guess, when the pipe cleaner was invented.
1: Uh, it's definitely not. And it's taken hits. And then, you know, I think that there was sort of a mini resurgence in the 80s yeah. for pipe smoking. And then the 90s happened and everyone wanted cigars. Yeah, and that's why it's really difficult to find a dedicated pipe shop anywhere in the country because everyone really is just a cigar smoker, and I think you'd be hard pressed even if you were. I, I would almost completely guarantee. Now, there's there's a like I want to throw a caveat on this, but uh, at the end, but um, I would almost completely guarantee that. There's no such thing as a pipe shop that doesn't have cigars. Now, granted, the original term wasn't a pipe shop. It was called a tobacconist. Yes. yes. Um, but, and, I, you know, a tobacconist would be someone who deals in tobacco. Obviously. Yeah. But, uh, but, <laughs> I, but I doubt there are any tobacconists. That are specifically pipes. Yeah, I've actually only ever seen that once. Never mind. I have an example of this. I've seen someone not sell cigars, and it'd be a complete pipe shop. What is it? It was a pipe shop. It wasn't. It didn't sell any tobacco. Oh, it just sold pipes. It just sold pipes. That's the only time I've ever seen a pipe in, out. You know, not out and about with somebody, but just in its natural store environment and there not be cigars but that was because there was no tobacco where was it italy
0: oh well and that's what i was you know well before i get into that don't let me forget i got two points here i have to sometimes preface that i have two points when we're talking right. <laughs> uh, even boswell i mean his sign says j.m boswell pipes and cigars mm-hmm. i mean yeah, yeah. But uh, my second point I was going to say is you know I was talking about this today. Um, this may we may be jumping the gun on saying this aloud, but um, the the people over here at Pipecast are, might might be dabbling in the the art of estate restoration and sales and such. We were talking about it earlier, uh, either last week or, or earlier this week, about you know. I was mentioning the fact that you know selling selling pipes is is easy business. Like there's nothing you really any kind of regulations you got to worry about. But selling tobacco
1: that's a nightmare.
0: It's like the, it's almost like it's not the same but it's almost like you can sell guns or you know like you know how like p- politicians that are for gun control sometimes they're not going to do anything to hurt the sale of guns, but they're going to they're going to limit the sale of ammo. Mm-hmm. And that's where the you know the stuff goes down because a gun you can't do anything with a gun unless you got ammo mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so like the thing, you know, you got to be in some states 21 uh, in our state 18, you got to be that old to partake or to buy and partake of tobacco. But you can be how, however old you want to be and buy and buy a pipe, you know what I mean mm-hmm. so like so like the selling of a pipe, there's so much... It's just so much easier. And, you know, I, I don't even think I would ever get involved in, in selling tobacco, second-hand or, or first-hand or otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it would just be...
1: Well, it'd probably be a fruitless endeavor anyway, because... You're not going to make your money back. Yeah, man, I mean, like, it would be hard.
0: Look at brick-and-mortars today. The, like, the Internet is killing... Not killing them. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of good brick-and-mortars that probably will be around forever.
1: I don't think you should ever bail out on a brick and mortar. No. But I also think that the premium that you pay at a brick and mortar mm-hmm. um makes people a little standoffish about it. I can get tobacco cheaper online. Oh yeah. But with that said, I'm the different okay, so you know, I have my brick and mortar. I'm competing with the population. Yeah. Of this town. I'm not competing with the population of the world. Yeah. And or the, the country or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and we have the added benefit of being in, like, Alabama. Like, if we were in Washington, like, brick and mortar probably the only thing we can do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, some places won't sell or won't, like, you can't order tobacco. You, you can't order tobacco scent. into. I know you can't do it in Utah. I I think it's Washington. I think I've seen a couple times where it says something like the blend won't won't deliver to a Washington resident address. That is annoying. Yeah, I think I think Stephen Things has mentioned that before. Huh. The, the the Washington laws and how they sort of suck when it comes to ordering tobacco.
1: See Washington resident.
0: Yeah, I think he's Seattle. Wow. Oh no. it uh, is it Belmont, Beaumont, Belford? It's a, so it's a, like a little city outside of uh, Seattle. Hmm. Belling, I don't know. It's, a, it's some it starts with a B. I went through it when I was up there last uh, last late last summer. I went through that town. You like it? I don't really remember much about it. Probably because I don't really remember. I probably just went through it on the interstate or something. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I just remember seeing the sign. I like Seattle, yeah, but I can't really remember too much about that that city or town, whatever it is. Um, But yeah, so in places like that, I mean, it almost benefits the brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just say if Alabama had those kind of laws, then we would be dependent upon the brick and mortar.
1: Silver lining, maybe?
0: Yeah, so I mean, even though I'm pretty, (laughs) which people probably have already guessed, I'm pretty anti- Regulation, like not for everything, but uh, mo- regulation in mod- in moderation. But that's sort of like sometimes. I mean, there's yeah, silver linings to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you put a regulation on being able to sell or you know buy tobacco online and get it sent to your house in a certain state. Guess what? You're supporting your brick and mortar <laughs> a lot more now.
1: Can't help it. It's Just something naturally occurs.
0: Yeah. So, you know, sometimes there's things that Hurts the individual, but helps the community at large. Right. Maybe. So you can't really discredit it, you know.
1: Well, can't unless the thing wrenches down and destroys those businesses. So yeah, it's the it's like you said, a, a kiss of regulation.
0: Yeah, an- know, a whisper. Yeah, yeah. But, but so sorry. We we actually spent longer on this one, even though we liked a scudo more.
1: Well. That Pop. happens. I mean, it happens. Like, I mean, obviously... We just I just got to talk. Well, we... I we also critiqued Elizabethan, like, right out of the gate. I yeah. think you and I were a little dissatisfied. For those of you who don't know, we do taste these before we come into it. We're not just lighting up and tasting just out of the gate all the time. Sometimes... We have a little background in it, yeah, from just smoking in the past or yeah. doing it during the weekend or something like that. And I can tell you, in this this blend, is lackluster. So you know, if you, I tell you what, you know, uh, my recommendation that if you if you have Elizabethan uh, tins, you know, throw them away. Don't even sell them to someone. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I would say. Seller them up and hope that it gets better with age. <laughs> um, maybe in 10 years it'll be close to a scooter.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but then again, in 10 years a scooter is going to be, I don't know, what is next to godliness. There you go. For
0: you, Reiner probably. Or Fillmore.
1: Oh, Reiner Gold. I can't believe you guys didn't pick that. I'm disappointed in you. It's probably because there's some burly in it and a little topping of honey and you guys probably are jaded about it. But, yeah. uh, but I really want to try that curly block because I hear that that's like the legit oh, yeah. big kid on the corner. And, and Peter Heinrich, man, that guy knows what's up. I'm uh, I'm pretty much wrapped up here.
0: Me too. So uh, uh, we hope you enjoy it and um, come back tomorrow and we'll jump into that Luxury Bulls off All right. Peace. Part
1: three. The Bracketology, the vapor. Virginia Parique. it is a much-loved and much-appreciated tobacco blend in this uh, podcast, that's for mm-hmm. sure. I don't think there's really anything else that we like quite as much as uh, Virginia Parique, which makes you kind of feel like you got sucker-punched when you hear stuff like that from uh, uh from um. last week's English blends. Yeah. Because it feels like we sort of maybe copped out. We were, like, gaining a little too much ground trying to get to this week.
0: Maybe so. We might have should have spent more time on them. But I don't think we picked a bad blend. Yeah. It was the fourth seed, so it was the underdog. The fourth seed. And it, it ended up being the... <clears throat> see. Yeah, see? That's what... that's If we had did it the way that... Uh, normal brackets would work, the two that we like knocked it down to Uh would have faced each other in the first round. So they couldn't even have, you know, both of them couldn't have faced off in the championship, sort of like how we did it. Cause normally the one seed would face the four seed and then the two would face the three seed, but the two and three seed to us were the weaker of the, of the four. No.
1: I've never had that much trouble with a match before.
0: <laughs> that guy stayed lit.
1: Yeah, like I shook it twice, and then it still was like, how about I catch your arm on fire? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but so today, we uh, have returned to the medallions, the blooms, discs, Twons, what have you. Whatever. Uh, we have Peter Stokeby's um, PS403 Luxury Bullseye Flake. So, um... Uh, you know, it's pretty much like a Scudo or Dunhill Navy uh, rolls, uh, except with that little old bullseye of Cavendish.
1: Yep. Uh, the nice thing about it is is that with with this, is at least we get to, to compare against something that is the gold standard and it's the same cut. So that's yeah. nice. So we got two coins and then we've got... Um, two like ribbons. Two ribbons, yeah. Or broken flake? Or is that a ribbon? I don't, I don't know what I
0: don't know what Telegraph Hill is.
1: Telegraph Hill is sitting right beside us. I got uh,
0: all the. haven't opened it yet. Not yet. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll pop it open at the end of this episode, and uh, we all get to savor the. Y'all can sort of be with us when we open it, but um, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. But anyway,
1: so it's nice doing like the. Cut comparisons. I like stuff like that because you would assume that it's surprising how much a cut actually does affect my desire to smoke the tobacco. If you tell me, um, hey, I got some tobacco. My my interest is peaked. If you tell me it's a Virginia Perique blend, I'm in. If you tell me it's a curly cut, then it's probably going to be something I just want to add to my rotation. Mm. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to smoke the best in the world. It might smell like garbage or it might taste like garbage or it might just smoke like garbage. But, it, might um, garbage. it might be garbage. Right, it might be garbage. But like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, I'm probably <laughs> going to be in on a coin cut or curly cut. It just, it's easier. You can put six discs in a Ziploc bag, tuck it in your front pocket and there it is. You don't have to have a tobacco roll. You don't have to have anything. You don't, nothing fancy you don't have to keep it in a tin it's compactable it's foldable and the great thing is the diversity of I think I talked about this last on the diversity of a curly cut you can fold it up uh, multiple ones and stuff it in and burn it straight just like I would do um, a flake the folding method you know with a flake which I don't really like I feel like that makes it insufferable to smoke it's all over the place I like rubbing a flake out but with a curly cut, I can fold it twice, uh, once across, and then once, uh, like, a quarter mm-hmm. or something. And then uh, I just stuff it in triangular, pour it down. This is a nice little, I think, Cavendish core. Um, you just fold across the Cavendish and fold again, and then just stuff it down. I do two at a time, and just smoke the whole thing down. You don't have to rub it out or anything. Yeah,
0: that's I did the fold. I only did one fold, and then went in, and then just tamped it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was I? I was about to say something. Um. Yeah. Uh. Well. Oh yeah. What is your? What's your least favorite? Um. Cut. Probably oh, crumble. Crumbled. Was it crumble?
1: Uh. No. 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 Oh. Um. Course or cube or whatever you guys think. It looks like confetti. You know, it's just it's like little cubie cuts. They're they're very small. They're about like. I don't even know, like maybe a, like, well, what is that, like three millimeters or something? Really tiny. Oh, like, like granulated? Yeah, no, not granulated, granulated. It's three millimeter, maybe, maybe a centimeter across. Oh. It's just a small square. Okay. And it just, I don't know, I just associate coarse cut, I think that's what it's called, or cube cut, with just cheap tobacco, which is probably oh, a little biased. I don't think
0: it's coarse cut, because like... Dunbar, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think that's coarse cut. Mm -hmm. That's like one of my favorites, and I don't think it's like that. Course, then
1: it's cube cut, then.
0: It's got a cube. Oh, okay. Okay, I have some Burley that's cube cut in there.
1: I'm pretty sure Cornell Dill's pretty notorious about having cube cut, and I know this is awful because Cornell Dill delivers great tobacco. Yeah. I mean, they're the producers of GLPs, but... Um, and, and those are great tobaccos, but honestly, if I see a tobacco and it's court our cube cut, I think that's what it is. It just looks like kind of like confetti or smaller, you know, I just think it looks cheap. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, Oh, this is cheap tobacco, which is strange because a shag cut technically, I think for the 19th century was considered the cheap cuts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I don't feel that way about shag cut.
0: Cause I guess that, that was what was in cigarettes. Well, that's yeah. what's in
1: cigarettes. I think it's also like so if I'm not mistaken, which I probably am, I think Sherlock Holmes smoked a shag cut.
2: Hmm.
1: Um he was more taken with a Bohemian style blend. And then I wonder if the Peterson Sherlock
0: Holmes blend is a shag cut.
1: That'd be interesting to
0: see. I don't know. To me, and I don't I don't mean this in the same way you mean it, but to me the cheapest cut in my opinion is a ribbon cut, but it's also one of my favorites. Just because I see it more often. That's why I uh, associate it with cheaper. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, my favorite is like a coarse cut or a broken Mm flake. I like that the most.
1: Um, I think shag and broken are my favorites.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I I love Dunbar. Like the way, that's the perfect cut. Or, it's not even a cut by a manufacturer. The way you broke up Temple Bar. I like that. Mm-hmm. It looked like a coarse cut in a way.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So what I did with temple bar, which is just a pressed bar, is I just uh, took a knife and cut it out into flakes, and then I just went ahead and rubbed out the flakes because yeah. I'm not gonna want to rub them out while I'm smoking them. Well, I just want it to be, and I just diffused it all in there. Just that's just my personal preference. Because not that a bar there's there's nothing wrong with a bar, but between. Temple Bar and Peterson's Perfect Plug. I hate dealing with them. Yeah. I don't like... Uh, what is that other bar? Uh, there's a, a couple bars that GOP's produces. Triple Play and...
0: Uh, something Jack Knife. Knight Jack plug. Knife,
1: yeah. I just... They're just too difficult to deal with. Like, they annoy me. They're good, but they're just annoying.
0: And Gaslight's a Plug. Never had Gaslight. See, I had it, and I haven't had it yet.
1: I heard Gaslight's like of lap bomb
0: yeah maybe we need to try that one too yeah together we'll try that out
1: only i knew someone who owned it who could open it up in share. chair
0: it, i got it in, i got it in a jar oh
1: you you have some
0: yeah it's 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 it's, it's out of the <laughs> tin in a jar it's waiting
1: I didn't even know it was in a jar, honestly. You smell it, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's it's loud. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: It, Five O'Clock Shadow, and Exhausted Rooster are the loudest blends I have. Like Exhausted Rooster is, is loud. I, I, I'm sort of afraid to smoke it. Really? Yeah. I've only smoked Five O'Clock Shadow in it. I mean, it was all right. Hold right, on. We're chasing too many rabbits here. Back to Bullseye. Let me tell you about Bullseye real quick.
1: It's good. Like
0: an, it's good, but it's not that much better than Elizabethan, in my opinion. It's not touching a scudo.
1: So I mean, a scudo is just like maybe it has some sort of I don't know. To be so plain, it's it's killing it.
0: Yeah, like okay, so because
1: th- I kind of jokingly said when well, we smoked a scudo that I was like it's middle of the road. Of course, it's going to be a high water mark if everything's below average. I suppose not thinking that everything would be below average. What kind of crap is that?
0: yeah, right now, Skudos, I'm thinking high on it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking medium on on Flake, and then I'm thinking low on on Elizabethan. You might as well just mark Elizabethan out. It's not going to win this. There ain't no way. No, I don't. I'm really thinking that it's going to be just like the English is. It's going to be a battle between the one and four seeds. I think Telegraph Hill is going to be pretty good. I'm, I'm banking on it being pretty good. And if Telegraph Hill's good, then you won me over. I'm, I'm going to just go buy a shit ton of Fillmore.
1: Just because? Is Fillmore like a... No,
0: I mean, unless unless I think it's better than Fillmore. But according to you, if this is good, then Fillmore's better.
1: Fillmore more robust i think than this this blend you know what watch me be completely wrong smoke it and be like you know what i was wrong telegraph Phil all the way but i love philmore i i love it so i don't know i mean it's there's the problem is is when you really start you know it's kind of funny how much i've actually started to question the things that i like when i start doing this kind of thing i think you know and if i were to make a suggestion to everyone who's listening this is probably the healthiest way to start picking pie tobacco because I've had a lot of like interesting questions come up during these kind of smoke offs
2: mm.
1: where I've had to like sort of question like not only, you know, a majority opinion, which would be on tobacco reviews, but my own personal opinion. Um, and I've been going against the grain on certain things. And even thinking to myself, I literally walked into the English thinking Artisan's Blend would not be on top.
0: Really? What do you think was going to win? Nine
1: Six Five. Yeah, I thought Nine Six Five. After smoking, I was like, "Yeah, I see why." Like everyone said, it's still about Dunhill. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really smoke Dunhill's Nine Six Five or Artisan's Blend anymore. As a matter of fact, like the. The most Englishy English that I get anymore is like Chelsea Morning, which isn't, it's a, you know, it's a morning blend, it's an all-day smoke kind of thing. Nothing wrong with Englishes. I just don't seem to gravitate towards them. I do that, and I have a pipe dedicated to Commonwealth on a recommendation from a tobacconist. And it, you know, Commonwealth to me is so readily available that like, yeah, sure, I'll dedicate it to it. I can get Samuel Galway's Commonwealth whenever I want it. And uh, that's a, that's a lat bomb, and I... I don't think I've smoked that pipe in Commonwealth, commonwealth in that pipe in three months. Well, I was going to say,
0: you know, you were saying that Margate and uh, Pembroke are like the stepchildren of Mesoterica because they're readily available, mm-hmm. it seems like, compared to the rest of them. Right. So it's like Commonwealth, the stepchild of Gawith. I think so. so. so because it's so like, readily
1: available. And like I said, I've said this before, too. I don't think God does a really good job of making Englishes, which is funny because I don't really consider commonwealth an English. I was, sold at, I was sold it as an English, knowing that there was no Oriental in it. But it works. It works. It kind of makes you question the whole nature of having Oriental and Totoa tobacco because it's 50-50. Left, Virginia. Done. But, I mean, it's, it's extremely strong but not overpowering it's it doesn't have a buttery finish like if like HH Ladakia flake is kind of like that standard mm. now HH Ladakia flake I mean it's good it's good I don't even know why people fight and bicker over anything else Quiet nights is great chelsea mornings is great but i still think HH Ladakia flake probably the best you can do
0: See, i keep going back and forth cuz i was i was about to say like you know i'm i'm on the quest to um, sort of Find my staples, but make them bulk staples. So like, you know, even though this Peter Stokeby, I don't, I'm not too high on it. You know, it might be one of them because they got another one that's uh, like a deluxe, or I think it's just called a Navy Flake. I'm probably gonna order an ounce of that. Um, but so like, I don't know. I was gonna say I like Artisan a lot, but it's you know, it's not bulk. Can't get it bulk, but I can get the I can get Latakia flake in bulk, so I'll I probably will. I'll probably get that pound and it'll just sit there for forever. Hmm.
1: Okay, so like this just made me think of Philmore for a second, which is interesting.
0: The this did?
1: Yes the, it did. Bullseye flake? Yes, sir. Oh. Just for a split second it had that nice grapefruity sour that I like from Fillmore and -hmm. it just sort of like just slowly it did a sort of quick dive off my tongue but nothing nothing that I like it every hit that just kind of oh hey how's it going it's me your best friend grapefruit flavor at the end of something kind of light with a spicy kick see you later and so that's all it did it was like it was kind of a flash in the pan
2: hmm
0: Hmm. So, where are you where are you ranking this guy at right now? Or like, is he high, medium, low? Oh, um,
1: mid, probably mid high. I mean, definitely worth your time. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, is like I because I fold across center and then quarter, and I do that every time with a diamond shape down. That means that you really need to smoke to the end of the bowl because the Cavendish core. Could create something different, which is interesting because the way I used to do Cavendish cores is I would take the flake, pull out the core, stuff the Virginia parique um, in first, and then top my pipe with two or three Cavendish cores. Really? Yeah. So I'd smoke in that Cavendish core, sweetened typically sweetened the Virginia Perique and then I had a sweeter smoke. So, like, I always smoke uh, core down, you know. But here lately, I mean, obviously I've been with Deluxe Navy Roll from Dunhill or Scudo. Um, it's it's uniform. Yeah, there is no right. Cabinage.
0: Okay, see, so I'm, I'm probably getting a different smoke than you. Cause like I said, I, f- I fold it in half and then put it down sideways mm-hmm. and then push down. So my my cabin dish is upper middle of the bowl right now. Mm.
1: Mm. Nothing wrong with that, just, you know, I think that that's gonna affect the smoke a little bit depending on how you break it up, which is probably why I should have rubbed this out. Mm-hmm. But you know what, I'm not gonna do that because I'm gonna smoke it the way I smoke uh, all my curlies.
0: Yeah, so like, and that that's another thing, you know how how you smoke, you know which you know if, if this was like a pure scientific study, we would have taken all the blends, rubbed them out as evenly as we could get them blindly tested them, you know in, in all in the same pipe, which everything would have been a lot more scientific, but this is yeah, but i mean we're we're doing this for fun, who cares <laughs> um but,
1: well, yeah. not just that, but like, I mean, yeah, it is you know, ultimately, it is just fun, uh, luckily, it does a lot for us personally, because I think we've learned a little bit about tobacco in ourselves and our audience, which is kind of interesting, yeah, however, um, with that in mind, um just the similarities in blends, probably. You know, I mean, what are you really hunting for? I guess is the, I guess the, is it a sweet kick? Is it not? Is it, you know, cause I find that, cause right now I'm smoking half. I'm commenting on a half filled pipe typically. Cause we don't want cause we're doing a lot of these. We're keeping kind of the episodes to like a 20 minute mark. Right. Yeah. But I find that the smoke really comes into its own. And this is a lot. This is, I've spoken on this before. But the characteristics of a good pipe-smoking exercise or moment is when everything becomes in a maybe a philosophic or mythical kind of way, like in sync. Your breathing's in sync. Your breathing's in sync. Your puffing's in sync. Your mind is sort of in this quasi-state of reality and relaxation. Once all those things combine... Which takes a a while because you're sort of unwinding, decompressing. Uh, A lot of smokes happen with a drink. Sometimes they don't. There's a lot of factors involved. But when you get to that that sort of meditative state, right, then you can sort of really, 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 really pick out the flavors, which is why we sort of smoke separately to discuss the tobacco. Yeah. And this is the interesting part. I think any time I've commented on a tobacco, I have never commented on the first half of the bowl. Mm. I really don't think about the tobacco until the last half, which I think is the preferred half. Now, here's the real kicker, though. Is the last half dependent on me being in a meditative state? Now, it usually happens. I usually kind of hit that, like, perfect stride, but, like, when I'm leaning back and I'm smoking... Maybe thinking about this or that, it doesn't matter. Maybe thinking about nothing at all. That's when all the flavors and everything sort of pop and explode and do what they need to do. But up until I get to about halfway down, really, it's nothing. You know, there's not much to comment on. And since we're only filling our bowls up halfway and conversing, I'm probably not even going to closely get to the meditative state because I'm talking to you. Not a problem. I like talking to you and I like pipes when i talking. But I think it does a disservice to the tobacco in that, like, I really can't meditate on the flavors. That's why we have to do it sort of before. Or that's why I have to do it before.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Also, if you're drunk, you're probably closer to that relaxation state. Mm -hmm. Because I remember... But alcohol is going
1: to dull my tastes.
0: Well, it is. But I remember the Because... Yeah, go on. That night that you tried Star of the East, I Mm -hmm. brought it over. That, uh, your first initial thought of Star of the East was like, it was awesome. But you've been drinking, we just drank, you know, tried some scotch that tasted like it.
1: There was a lot of things going on that night. Yeah. And you gotta think too, like, whenever you're tasting things... Everyone's familiar with ghosting. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the salt alcohol treatment to get that kind of taste out. But I mean, if your pipe's not necessarily dedicated to something, um, if you really wanted to find without like the mask of other tobaccos inside the walls of your briar or coated onto a corn cob or, you know, luckily meerschaum and clay really don't do that. But unless you're smoking out of a meerschaum or clay pipe, um, and you're ghosting. Uh, what other flavors are coming in on that? It doesn't matter, even if the pipe's dedicated to a certain blend, which I like to do personally. Yeah. Um. I like. I will dedicate not necessarily to a. When I say a blend, I mean not a specific blend like Commonwealth, Squadron Leader, Tilbury, whatever. I'm talking a blend like is in Vapor Parique, or English, or Balkan, or Virginia. Funny thing is, is like if I smoke a Balkan, I will smoke a Virginia in that pipe. Balkan kind of like covers the bases. I'll pretty much smoke anything in it. Mm. But like if I've de- I've got a pipe dedicated to Virginias, only Virginias are allowed to be in it. I do not want any other thing in it.
2: Mm.
1: And then Virginia Perique's the same way. Like I'm allowed to smoke Virginias in it, but I'm not allowed to smoke anything beyond Virginia Perique. Englishes kind of have that same thing. I don't want Cavendish in it. I do not want... I want... Virginia, Oriental, Latakia. I really don't want anything outside of those. See, I have something similar. So I have four
0: four pipes. Three of them are dedicated. Uh, One is just whatever. Um, But three, one pipe is dedicated to Virginia's, Virginia Mm Periques, all that business. One is dedicated to, I'm trying to think, what, what, I think, I guess I have two for Englishes. It, it's sort of like, or really, I guess, really, I guess it's one for Virginias and Vapors, one for Englishes, and then um, um, one for Englishes that have, I guess, Balkans, really. So I got one for one for Balkans or Kitchen Sink Blends, mm-hmm. one for, va- for Vapors, Virginias, Vapors, Burleaves, and then one for Englishes.
1: I I forgot about vapors.
0: Yeah, I throw them in there with with, if yeah if it's if there's no Latakia and no oriental, then it then it goes in then it goes into the vapor vapor Virginia pipe. Hmm. Really, Latakia and oriental is the is the deal breaker. Hmm. They go over to a different side. But then if you add like Cavendish. Or pareek, or something that's not truly English, then it goes to a different, a different pipe from that point.
1: Do you think that with the acquisition, no well, acquisition of more pipes, that you might break some of those up into universal pipes or everything smoke pipes, or do you think you always keep that and add to that? So, in other words, you get another pipe, right? Yeah. You really like Virginia Burley will you add another pipe to the Virginia Burley pipe or will you just say, you know what, I'm going to retire the Virginia Burley pipe. I got a new one here and this is going to be an everyday or every man pipe or whatever. It might be that way
0: or more than likely (coughs) the Vapors and anything Burley based will just get moved over to that pipe and then Vapors and just Virginias will stay with that pipe. The one I'm smoking right now is the one that I only that I do Virginia's vapors, vapors, Burley base. This is the one I do that in. Mm, okay. Uh, so if I ever got a, a you know a fifth pipe, then yeah, probably the vapors and all that stuff will get moved over the the vapors and the Burley base. But really, in all honesty, the one that smokes every that I smoke everything in most time haunted bookshop is what's smoked in it.
1: No. Do you come across a lot of vapors?
0: No, not really. That's why I threw them in with vapor. Because it was easy to do it that way.
1: I only know one. What do you know? Stonehaven.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is, is Haunted Bookshop not a vapor? Well, maybe it is. I think it and old Joe Krantz is a vapor.
1: Gotcha. Makes and I, sense. And I don't I, I'm, don't... I know there's probably a ton. I'm just either tired or something this afternoon. So I'm just probably not 100% on my game as far as like remembering everything. But I do think majority of Cornell and Deal I think we've talked about before are Burley-based tobaccos. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, not a stretch to be like, eh, they probably added some Virginia here and then just went with it.
0: Yeah. I actually think that that um, Haunted Bookshop, thinking, thinking about it now, I think it's considered a burley base, but it does have Virginia in it. It's Burley, Virginia, and something I don't know if there's Parik in it. I think old Joe Crans has and It's Burley Virginia. Yeah, it gets hard to remember sometimes. Huh. But I but no, um actually want to know if look it up.
1: Look Which up. one am I looking up?
0: Look up Haunted. I wonder what Haunted is. Since it's my all-time favorite. I
1: figure if it was your all-time favorite.
0: I would know. I hadn't smoked it in like a month.
1: It's probably because it packs a punch all that burly in it.
0: Mm, I hadn't really felt it.
1: If you guys have never smoked Haunted Bookshop, at a minimum, go to... Smoking pipes or something, or just click, type in Haunted Bookshop Tobacco and click images. I love the image on that pipe. I do. Yeah.
0: I hate the fact that it's now tainted with the warning labels now. Because it was such, Cornell and Deal, they have so many good, like, labels. Maybe that, that could be another, uh, Tabrakatology. Early
1: Perique, Virginia.
0: Okay. So I was close. I mean, yeah, I was on, I just didn't know. Oh, you're good. Um, I wonder what the percentages are though. Um,
1: but well, I feel like Burley is always a filler, right? I mean, kind of takes on the
0: characteristics of other tobacco. Yeah, it just makes it smoky. Mm-hmm. But maybe, yeah, maybe that could be an, another competition we do one day, like uh, labels, mm. like a, a, uh, because Squadron Leader is a good label. I'm,
1: I'm telling you, better. man, it's going to be hard to unseat. Samuel Gaw with. We just do pure labels. Like, I'm sort of obsessed with their sort of. I like a minimalist approach to everything. I do too. I do too, but. And Cornell and Deal, a lot of their stuff's pretty busy.
0: Well, the, I was going to say this. I like a lot of their stuff, but here lately, they've gone like not minimal in the, in the like good sense, and like a just plain, like way too plain. Mm. Like, my old Joe Krantz is just a brown label that says old Joe Krantz. There's nothing <laughs> going on. And I don't like that, but the haunted bookshop is awesome. I like all the elder one or the the elder one. Yeah, no, that was creative. I love those. Those are really good. Uh, uh, you know, For some even the lettering
1: looks like Lovecraftian. Yeah,
0: I know. And then um, I know a lot of people give uh, flack to uh, GLP's some some of his, but I like some of them. Like Gaslight, I think is an awesome label. Um. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I really like. Uh, I, I mean, I like the tele- the Fog City. I mean, it's pretty plain, but I like it.
1: Well, all the Fog City is nice because it has that old nineteenth century map of Saint San Francisco.
0: Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's there's going to be a lot of Gauls in here. But I but I'm you know maybe an all Gaul matchup. You know, what's the best? What's the best? Um, Label is a squadron leader, it'd be like squadron leader versus skiff mixture versus. I don't know. Uh, some
1: of them are pretty plain. I kind of like grouse because it's got the two dogs.
0: Yeah, grouse fine. I think Commonwealth's a little too plain for me.
1: I was gonna say the same thing. It's probably to me between skiff and grouse more.
0: Yeah, like skiff is. I don't know. It's got like it, you sort of lose yourself in that in that mm-hmm. tin art. You're like, man, I wish I was on the ocean, or like on the water right now.
1: Fire Dance is stupid looking, and Balkan Flake is way too plain.
0: And then uh, Gawith and Hogarth, theirs is way too plain for me. I like them, but they're just just—they're really plain. It's just green with letter. It's like the problem with a lot of these newer uh, Cornell and Deal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, like, I like Five O'Clock Shadow, uh, the Working Man series by Cornell and Deal. I like all the, the way all those look. They look nice. But now that that old five o'clock shadow logo,
1: that was rough. Yeah, well, one is super busy. Two, it looks like someone's about to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah,
0: it looks like somebody's like work has like stressed them out so hard. Um, I think Dunhill. I like some of Dunhills are way too plain, like the My Mixture nine six five and Baby's Bottom. That stuff's just way too plain. Yeah,
1: but I like early morning and nightcap. Nightcap's probably the yes, my favorite. Yes,
0: yeah. Yeah, Nightcap has a great uh, tin art. Yeah, I
1: think it's a, it's literally a, a nightcap, yeah. a candle, and a clay pile. That's awesome.
0: I think Elizabethan is pretty simple and nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, Chelsea Morning and Quiet Nights, I like those labels. Those are good. I mean, they're very similar to one another, but mm-hmm. I like them. Well,
1: I think they're in the... Heirloom London series or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well,
0: maybe we we'll get in that one day, but all in all, rounding it back out to uh, old Stokabees.
1: I like it. I it's like good. it. I mean, it's a good mid-range tobacco for sure. However, the question is, and I won't be answering it: Is it better? Then scudo. because that's its only contender right now, no. but you know what you guys are going to have to do? Since I'm at the bottom of my bowl, you're going to have to find out with our final conclusion in two episodes Yep. of Virginia Burr. Yep.
0: Do we want to open up Telegraph Hill on there? You want to do the honor? I always seem to keep breaking them, so you go ahead.
1: Oh, we gave you.
0: And you like that sound a lot. Now that one seems a lot different, of course.
1: Let's hear what she sounds like.
0: See? You don't don't get that same... That
1: you do. You really don't. I like that vacuum seal kind of whoosh, but it's just not here. Let's take a look at her inside here. Yeah, it's not even close to Fillmore.
0: Based on the tin note?
1: Based on the ten note, it's fine. Not. I like the cut.
0: I'll go ahead and say that.
1: Fillmore's a broken flake. Oh, don't tell me that!
0: <laughs> you know I'm gonna like that a lot better.
1: I know. That's why I had to throw it out there.
0: I, I, I do like ribbon, but... It's not a lot in here.
1: Not doing what?
0: Mm. We'll have to see. Well, till tomorrow when we tackle on Telegraph Hill. We'll catch y'all then.
1: All right, guys. Bye. Part four!
0: <laughs> that sounded like a Annie from Halloween, <laughs> Part Four. You know, you know, no oh, yeah. key <laughs> when she
1: getting in that car. Oh yeah, my Paul. The Bracketology Telegraph Hill by Mister GLP's. please. In honor of us kind of mocking GLP's last week, I'm going to read the description on the back of his tin.
0: I actually like this description. Decently. Oh really? Well, yeah.
1: Well, that kind of like. Runs in the face of, like, the way I've been making fun of his other ones.
0: Well, go ahead. Do, do an honest. An honest way you would, one? A way you would. Pretend I didn't say that.
1: I didn't say it? What I, do you want me to do? Read it, like, read it
0: in old Joe, old Zach Schmuck voice.
1: I don't know if I got a Schmuck voice.
0: Well, <clears throat> usually how you talk. <laughs> i
1: kidding. There we go. Let's do it here. A sturdy foundation of Virginia tobaccos, each chosen for its particular character, is enhanced with fine flakes of perique for a refined smoking experience. Telegraph Hills are rich and flavorful, with a satisfying, lingering finish. Each sip builds upon the last, creating a marvelous edifice of taste and aromas. <laughs> You won't want, you won't worry about earthquakes if your pipe is filled with this wonderful blend.
0: That last line got me until I realized that it's a map of San Francisco yeah. on the ten. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, Fog City. Yeah, I get it. I
1: actually didn't really realize that San Francisco just till then kind of dealt with earthquakes. I thought that was an LA problem. I right? do you too. No, that was my country voice. That was not sophisticated for y'all who, who doesn't, who don't uh, really know. So, Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I don't really have a sophisticated voice. I basically have two voices. The one I speak in, and then every once in a while I get really upset at people. I'll do a really countrified voice. <laughs> like, Or try to, at least do something that I think is kind of amusing to me to mock someone
0: yeah. well when you when you do your when we play that Mansions of madness game you're the only voice yeah. I
1: do pretty much what I'll do like an effeminate male voice
0: yeah I mean I could do a country voice but that would just be how I speak now
1: yeah I'd be kind of curious like I mean because I know I have an accent but I think it's a little bit more mass maybe than especially in the south I don't really catch it a lot that people are like where are you from? I'm like uh, Alabama yeah but like where before that? I was like no nah, dude I was raised here <laughs> where before that? my mother <laughs> yeah my mom <laughs> I lived in this little shack called my dad's boss <laughs> 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 it, was a, it was a dark place Yeah, <laughs> you know
0: so other people didn't make it yeah
1: <laughs> but anyway so uh, yeah that's where I was at before Alabama <laughs> I just thought about like a what was that uh, Age of
0: Ultron movie when uh, Ultron was talking about how he had to kill Jarvis because the other guy he was nice yeah or something like he didn't make it Mm-hmm. i like you, you looking at your almost could have been fellow Ken right. like, yeah the other guy he didn't make it
1: <laughs> the uh yeah one of the funniest things I'd ever heard was this guy saying like I love talking to my son cause like it's not everyday you get to have a conversation with a guy who used to live in your balls <laughs> I thought that was really funny like <laughs> Like, that's crazy but yeah whatever
0: whatever um sort of getting into Telegraph Hill
1: I, I like it I mean there's not a lot of once again I don't feel like there's much going on with this
0: yeah it's not that complex but I do think it is it is better than Elizabethan uh-huh. I almost I think I like it better than than Peter Stokeby well.
1: Citrus is there. Kind of like... It's interesting, too, because when you open up Telegraph Hill, you don't really smell it. Yeah. Like, I open up... There There are certain retray blends, um, like Brown Clooney and stuff, and there are certain, like, Fillmore, where it's like I get this deep, sort of ripe, maybe overripe fruit hay... And then like a little spice and sourness. And then you get your citruses. And that's just in the inhale of the open tin. That has nothing to do with your first light or your, you know, or your, you know, actual light. We're not even talking about halfway through the bowl. So it's kind of interesting that I don't get any of those nuances up front. It feels like maybe there's not... Maybe it's that whatever is put on Fillmore actually strengthens it. But I can tell you this, Fillmore being a broken flake, it's like basically all uniform. It's so richer, like a darker color. Mm. Telegraph Hill, you can see variations in it. Um, not everything's so uniform. Not everything looks the same. And it doesn't feel like there's much of a topping on it at all, which is not a loss. but not a Plus, um, in my opinion, there's not. You know, not a
0: lot on top of it. Mhm. I think it's the spiciest. Like, it's, I think there's, I think there's more Perique in this than any blend that we've smoked.
1: You're really right. Which I don't think is a is a bad thing either. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of want things to be at the forefront, like that. Like, uh, if you go through several blends where it's just a touch, just a pinch, just a whisper of Perique, you know it sets you up for really enjoying something which probably puts the others at a disadvantage because it's like well now we can try something that is keyed into some other aspect of the blend uh that we're not really used to or comfortable with at the moment but i mean i mean that's kind of why i like doing this because you you know i mean i can tell you this that everything we've tried from the englishes through the vapors Minus maybe a scudo. Not none of them really are any type of regular rotation with me. Mm. And I think the only reason a scudo wins out is because I just like the convenience of the blooms. Mm. Yeah, because I think most pipe smokers have a scudo is readily available. You know, and it's not expensive. Not terribly expensive. I I don't want you to go out and break the bank. But, I mean, you can get a hold of a Scudo. So, that shouldn't be a problem. But, I mean, none of the other blends. Granted, I mean, Elizabethan doesn't exist. 965 doesn't exist. Those are some deep cuts trying to get into that. You have to kind of go into your cellar. Squadron Leader, difficult to find, you know. Um, Margate, difficult to find. But um, I have all of them. And uh, none of them are in any type of rotation. Yeah,
0: maybe something else we can look forward to is said pulling in our favorites. And sort of, you know, okay, so like the way we went about this to this year's with the English and the Vapors was we basically, I don't know if we even mentioned this to everybody, but the list that people vote, chose from in the voting That was a list of, you know, the top reviewed ones from tobacco reviews. And it had to have, it had to have certain, so many uh, reviews, and it had to be a certain rating. And what you got was that. I think maybe the next time we do it, maybe in a year or two, um, you know, maybe sooner, uh, we just pick out the list of our favorites. And then... Because we already know they're our favorites, and then and then we let the voting decide who the winners are. Do a reverse in a way, because basically basically the listeners voted for what we would com- we would compete against, but instead we pick it and then let them vote to see who wins. But only pick the ones we like. Well, mm. it's sort of like a role reversal in a way.
1: How do we get them to smoke the things? That, I mean, well, that's kind of the way we did it. We wanted to... It's sort of like that... No, because I guess we're not smoking. Was that, well, I mean, we'll still smoke them. I'm just saying they will... will just name tobacco that aren't even within that block Well, of high rates. Well, no. I guess what I'm saying is, like,
0: when we put out the list, it'll be a list of our favorites together. So, like, the Vapors are going to have Chelsea Morning. Westminster, Reiner, um, uh, did I already say Fillmore? Fillmore? Yeah, Uh, maybe. Go ahead. um, You know, ones that we like, and then whichever one gets the most votes, because I'm sure people have have, have had them. And whichever ones get the most votes, that's the winner.
1: And that's what we smoke, right?
0: Yeah, then we just smoke and talk about it. We, we don't even compete because we already know we like
1: them. Hmm.
0: Unless you do like a,
1: a like an audience favorite. like you Well, do the thing on. is is I like having a critique from the audience. I'd even like it to go further is that like we put in a rating system, we do an episode on it, and then we let other people rate it and kind of get a, like a polled version of what everyone... Yeah,
0: does. sort of like a Rotten Tomatoes where it's like the credits review and the audience score.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. And then we can give a percentage versus percentage. Granted, it would be great if we could have a couple more people. Where you could have five people and it's like a five out of five like it. And it's got a 100% review score, I mean, from audience. Yeah. But I think it would be interesting to get more people involved. I like people actively talking or commenting on the stuff that we're smoking. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Because, Because, I mean, I know what I like. Yeah. Honestly, like they're listening to hear what we like, I suppose. Maybe they're interested in our personalities a little bit. Um, but I mean, I'm sure they're just getting a second opinion. But at the same time, it's like I do the same thing. I want to hear what people think. Typically, I'll avoid that before I smoke it to try to get an understanding of it. Yeah. Or sometimes, I, I mean, because to me, tobacco reviews kind of just it'll lay it out for you, and I can get an idea of what it's going to be like. And then, based on, you know, a number of, I try to find tobaccos that have been reviewed like a hundred plus reviews. And then, if it if it's a if it's a three or up, I mean, the odds are I'm probably gonna like it. It's very rare that I don't like something.
0: Yeah.
1: What, 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 and in a three or up, you know?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll tinker with it. We'll maybe we'll come out because, like I said, I think. I agree with you. The fact that Fillmore, and at least in my opinion, uh, Reiner, isn't in this battle, sort of doing a disservice. And also...
1: Yeah, because... In a way, in a way. I feel like people can sense that that thing's topped and they don't—they stay away from it. And I don't think a topping or a casing really hurts a blend necessarily every time. Because I told you guys, I like, you know, right now, in my opinion, with the, the weather and everything, the way it is, and the way it's changing, this is lakeland grouse Moor weather. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Parique is, and English is, not so much for Virginia Perique. They're kind of a night theme. But they're taking a dive. Englishes are going to take a back seat except on like maybe a Saturday night. But like all my Lakelands, aromatics and stuff, Virginia's especially, and Darkfire, they're all about to come out. Mm. Those are summer smokes to me. Mm. I think
0: Vapors are probably going to keep riding front for me right now. I think.
1: I like them. I mean, that's not you know. I'm not, and the, and Englishes are still there. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just
0: saying it's about the the weather for me. The vapors are going to kick up, kick it up during the warmer months. Just because Englishes, I completely agree. They will fall back.
1: I just there's something about it. It's like I want. It's a winter smoke to me. I don't get it. What English? Or yeah, no, English. Yeah, yeah. English spoken. Yeah. I don't get it. And if it's not a winter, let's just say hypothetically, I'm gonna smoke it. It will. There will not be sunshine mm. if I'm smoking it.
0: See, I think because of the vapors, because of that hayness, makes me think, um, or that grassiness, in the summer, summery. Mm-hmm. And I like the little spice. I like a little spice in the summer, you know, because it makes me think of like. Crawfish crawfish bowls and, Oh man. Yeah. It's spicy, man. But and also, I mean, again, I think the English has had a disservice because Northwoods wasn't in there. Uh
1: damn it, Patrick. Well you know it's crawfish season. That's all I'm gonna be thinking about. <laughs> I might have to give me some crawfish. I gotta get down to Louisiana. I
0: think you're going in a my, um, I don't know, a few weeks or so, ain't you?
1: Yeah, something like that. I might have to travel down there.
0: <laughs> you so, gonna bring back some crawfish?
1: I might, I don't know, man. I'll give me a couple sackfuls of those little mud puppies. <laughs> mud puppies. Yeah. Man, but, well, I could put those things away, though. It's dangerous. I like... Yeah,
0: yeah. I like it in etouffee. Mm-hmm. I think a tad bit more. If it's if if it's done right, but I mean they're good.
1: They it, too face so good. Yeah. I now want a po' boy. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about this Creole and Cajun food.
0: Mm. I had some catfish and some kind of Creole seasoning last night. Oh, that sounds good. And that was tasty. I love
1: blackened catfish, and fried catfish. Mm-hmm.
0: Wrapped them up as little old vietnamese style dish in a way because it was like they were wrapped up in some lettuce with some cilantro dipped in some spicy chili fish sauce
1: i've been eating red beans and rice here lately red
0: beans and rice and catfish is awesome
1: it is you know what i like uh one of those new orleans folks taught me is that you eat gumbo with potato salad Mm. that is legit that's the way i do it now i'm like I have a thing of gumbo. Also, don't forget my potato salad. and I just eat them both together. You like your
0: potato, uh, potato salad room temperature, warm, cold? How you like it? Room temperature.
1: I like it. Personally, of course, if I'm eating with gumbo, it don't really matter, but I like it room temperature. If it's a harder... The way I like a potato salad is on a picnic table, it's been sitting out in the sun, and it's got like 20 flies in it. That's the way I like my <laughs> potato salad. <laughs> That's traditional <laughs> potato salad. Like, if a fly hadn't vomited on your potato salad, are you even eating potato salad?
0: See, I like it a little warm if it's a runnier potato potato salad. Like, more like the consistency of mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it'll come that way. Mm -hmm. I want that warm.
1: Now, if I don't have, I'll tell you this, if I don't have uh, gumbo, I douse it in Louisiana hot sauce.
0: Your potato salad? Shoot, yeah. Mm, That sounds Mm. good.
1: And crystal if I'm on a budget. I like crystal. if I'm slumming it. You know
0: what? That's You know what I hate? What? I hate that because now you've, you've brought to light a consistency that I that I have seen in myself. An inconsistency I've seen in myself. What's that, bud? So you know, this, this whole time I've been talking about taste, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing else is a factor in this to right? All right. But you and me have had the, not an argument, just a debate over what's better, Louisiana, hot sauce, or crystal. Mm-hmm. And I always, I I go Crystal more than I go to Louisiana, and my old it's probably false statistics, but I'm like I usually go with what I see on the restaurant tables when I go in, when I go to Louisiana, and I hardly ever see Louisiana. I always see Crystal, so I'm like, well, that means that that the people of Louisiana like Crystal more than they like Louisiana, but 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 where I'm getting an in, inconsistency in myself is. The fact that Crystal is cheaper usually pay, <laughs> plays a role in why I pick Crystal over Louisiana. But to me, Crystal has a more
1: vinegary taste. I think that's why I like it. To me. Which is my problem, too, because I love vinegar more than anything. Mm-hmm. And you're right about Crystal, but I still like Louisiana more. I don't get that. Mm.
2: It's
1: like, it's like for some reason, that Louisiana Crystal bamboozled me. That is great. But maybe it's cuz it just the vinegar's there but I need I think Louisiana is a little spicier and that's probably really? Yeah, and I like my spice.
0: And I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't had Louisiana enough. Well, I've, I've had mean, Crystal a lot. Yeah. And I think what got me into like go, it started in college, okay? I didn't late high school like senior junior senior year of high school, that's when I started really getting into spicy food. Mhm. And so I just like, you know, on a college bud- budget, I walked in one day, I wanted hot dogs. It was summertime, I wanted to grill some hot dogs. I'm like, well, I don't want no bullcrap ketchup or mustard or nothing on there. This mm-hmm. time, I just want hot sauce. All right. I just saw that white little old bottle of crystal and I said, that looks good. Because it was around the time when, um, uh, I guess Anchorman 2 was coming out mm-hmm. and Miller Lite went back to that white can and I'm just like, just that plain, simple, white can.
1: Is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down for you? Oh, it's
0: a thumbs up. I love that white can. And, I mean, it was only and supposed if anybody...
1: To... I want to say something real quick. Mm-hmm. Patrick totally won me over with, like, a simplistic design format for, like, everything. Like, I enjoy... I never really thought about that until he sort of was, like, going over design with me. <laughs> and, and not that Patrick's a design major, he's just a clever guy and he just understands what's aesthetically pleasing. And for some reason I kinda like things being loaded down or I had. But then he showed me like, well, if you take this and this away, look how it like frames this up and looks nicer. Just anything. Advertising, photographs, whatever. Yeah. Patrick's kind of a amateur amateur in a good way, like like for the love of it, uh, photographer. The original, just in case you guys didn't know, amateur was someone who did something to not be paid but to be to, to love it. So yeah. the original Well the definition way of the amateur. way
0: golfers are described today. An mm-hmm. amateur golfer doesn't mean they're not good, it just means they don't they, they don't have like they don't get paid.
1: Right. But so but I mean, he's a good photographer. I mean like the reason why you guys I mean, check out our Instagram, you know, I mean that's Patrick. I like what he does. So but, you know, he doesn't frou-frou things up or frou-frou it up. That's not the right word. He doesn't clutter things. Okay. Anyway, so what he's describing, you know, that's what I like. And the, the reason <laughs> I like that that is because of Patrick.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I didn't. And I really didn't even notice that you were paying attention to that stuff until you were like, yeah, look at all the, the nice simplistic folders I'm on my a Mm -hmm. i was like i didn't even realize you were paying attention to that Mm -hmm. but but no yeah like back talking about that miller light can it was only supposed to be for a summer but their sales i think when they switched to the white can or white label their sales went up 200 percent really yeah so like they so like that's why you won't see miller light go back to that blue label it's it's gonna be white. It's gonna be a white label again until that's no longer retro, and then they probably will go back to like the, like the old Rusty Wallace Blue Deuce looking NASCAR uh, <laughs> logo. They'll they'll do that in probably a decade. But uh, man, uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody said because a lot of times it is mental, because even the even the, um, like the higher ups like uh, I think not the CEO but I think like the marketing guy for Miller Lite Mm -hmm. Miller Coors or whatever he was like man it just tastes better the white label and they they didn't do anything to the recipe Mm. it's the same Miller Lite that's in the blue can was the same Miller Lite that was in the white can but he's like man it just tastes better
1: (laughs) well like it's just interesting how like marketing plays like such a huge factor into things like that Mm -hmm. you know What's even funnier is, is that like, you know, I mean, Bud Light and Miller, I think they're all at war with each other right now.
0: Well, and a lot of them are like owned by the same people. Like Coors and Miller is the same people. Um, you know, like Bud Bud Natty Michelob, they're they're all the same people. Mm. But see now, Bud White or Bud Light, you know, they rebranded like their stuff, and I think it looks good. It's a lot cleaner, a lot simpler looking. Um, Bud Lights is. Do you think
1: there's a a certain, to a certain extent, do you think that there's
0: some nostalgia in that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the reason why I like the simpler stuff, is it seems, okay, when I was in college, so you were already out of college. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We would have never been in college at the same time, because there's a five-year difference between us. Right. Um, But when I started college was when, People started like, liking 80s stuff, it seems like, more. It seemed like, or at least I did. Now, nobody was talking about it, but I was like, I like that. Well, okay, this shows a little bit of redneckiness of me. Um, Like, NASCAR, there's a track in South Carolina called Darlington. It is my favorite track. It's It's shaped like a carabiner. Um, And it, it's just an awesome track. The, the Lady in Gray, I think is what they call it. Just cause you always bump against the wall, and there's like leaves gray streaks around the around the edge. Right. Um. Or the, I think they call it the Darlington gray streak or something like that. Mm. But every, they started around the time I was in college. They started doing where that race is a throwback race. So like NBC always covers it. So the NBC logo changes to the old like where it fully shows a whole peacock, mm. and the the announcers started wearing like '70s looking um, suits. And all the cars would throw back to a car from the old, like the paint scheme. And I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, the NASCAR logo went old school looking. i like, I love this. And, like, they would play old commercials. Like, there were some commercials that that they scrounged up. Like, there was, like, an old Pepsi commercial or an old Mountain Dew commercial. And they showed it during the race. But I think people started liking that. And I think maybe I just don't pay attention to things that are happening out, outside of me mm-hmm. as maybe I'm too not narcissistic but like I just I, I, I start to like things because I like I start to like them. I don't really pay attention to to if if maybe the commercialism is manipulating me to like it I just realize you know I like stuff like that. So
1: um, yes yeah, for the love of the thing
0: my hopefully personal, personal hopefully and so like I just started liking that minimalistic stuff mixed with like maybe like flashy uh, like you know I think last year Hardys, Hardys threw back to an old logo what you got there
1: this is the cars and the old paint schemes. Yeah. I was just looking it up because I yeah. thought that was kind of neat yeah
0: and um but yeah so the uh like I think and and around the time like like when I got out of college I moved down to Birmingham and I started watching Miami Vice and like I just I I love the pastel color clothes and like uh like and I've always liked like short shorts things like that like I Mm. like that kind of look um no, I don't know. I guess just plain, simple 80s stuff sort of just seeped into me and it's sort of stayed. Now, of course, I we're probably getting to a point where people, where the 80s kind of nostalgia stuff is probably oversaturating a lot of stuff. I don't know if we've hit that bubble yet. No, it's going gonna... stranger... to take a shift
1: into the 90s.
0: Yeah, because like the Stranger Things really pushed it pushed it up a notch.
1: Well, I mean, like, you know, you were saying that you didn't experience... Mm, you might have suggested that I didn't experience in college. Oh, you probably did, but it I, I not It was the glimpses of it. You can actually go back to some of the music we were listening to in high school and college, like... I'm trying to think of... What's that video? Paper Planes by... Um, a lot of our stuff had, like, kind of an 80s vibe. A lot of the bands I listened to had some 80s mm. thing going on. Yeah. It's sort of like... It's sort of, you know, I mean, fashion to a certain extent and culture to a certain extent even in larger cities sort of dictates what the rest of the country. And it, it typically takes – a, the Internet's changed things uh, quite extensively, but it usually takes a couple of years or it did before the Internet's like omnipresence really solidified it. Uh, or solidified the kind of the nowness of a trend. But, um, yeah, I think back in college it would be safe to say that things still took time to get to us Yeah. in the South from Atlanta, Nashville, which would take some time to get from New York or Chicago or L.A.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you could almost say that when we were in college it took maybe six months to a year before we really caught on, maybe. Now, I mean, it happens almost overnight because of the internet.
1: Man, the un- the internet is like the great unifier. Yeah. I mean, it can't, you can't, there's nothing culturally that you can hide from me anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow, we have not talked about this tobacco at all. I just realized. <laughs> yeah, we
0: haven't. <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully that's not, hopefully that doesn't mean anything according to the, to the blend itself, because I, I I enjoy it. I, I, it's about right on par it's with right. it's it's, a,
1: it's about middle to Maybe me middle low actually.
0: See, I think it's better than Stokeby. or it's around Stokkeby. It's it's playing it's it's in I've the same more, ballpark with it.
1: I've had more success with Stokeby tasting like Fillmore than I have with Telegraph Hill tasting like Fillmore.
0: Mm. See, that makes me think I'm, I may not like Fillmore. I don't know yet.
1: Remember, I said it only happened once in the entire smoke on the last podcast. Well, I guess,
0: I'm, yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is that Telegraph Hill hasn't done it once. Mm. Mm. I'll have to see. I'm really more excited. Now, okay, do you you like feel more more than Westminster?
1: Uh, like the English.
0: Always oh, Westminster in English. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I got confused. No, you're good. I was just thinking GLPs, GLPs.
1: Yeah, you know, like sixpence.
0: Oh, is that another GLPs vapor? Yeah. You like it? Yeah, it's good. What's it? Temple Bar?
1: Temple Bar's not. It's got. It's like Oriental. Oh. Basically, it's just. A, a, it's like a true Oriental, like where it's like Virginia Oriental, and I think Barique. But
0: you like feel more than sixpence. Do you like this more than Sixpence?
1: This? Yes. Telegraph Hill? No.
0: What about Stratford?
1: I like this more than Stratford.
0: I don't know yet. I've smoked a lot of Stratford. This seems a little spicier, so I like it.
1: I don't like the humdrum nature of it, which is the same thing I associate with Elizabethan.
0: Yeah. Man, that, if it if this shakes out the way it's th- leaning, Margate came in last in Englishes, and it looks like Elizabethan's gonna come in last in this one.
1: Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, not all Dunhills are gonna be made the same. The irony is, is that the same producer of both Elizabethan and Escudo is. Scandinavian tobacco group so how can they produce something that's not good and something that's real good
0: I don't know to me and to me again I don't think that cut has anything to do with it with the taste cause heck if you if you if if you wanted a ribbon cut a scudo or a you know broken up a scudo just rub it out mm-hmm. and sell it that way and it would still be better than Elizabethan
1: There's, you know, honestly, if they had a rubbed out a scooter, I don't know if I'd ever buy it.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I would either. It's just, I guess, if you wanted to push your product out, some people may not like medallions. Mm-hmm. That's why I said I, I want to try Peter. So could be maybe doesn't
1: like a medallion.
0: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Potentially, somebody might not. I think. Uh, I think old stuff and things don't really care for. Them. I mean, I, I don't think he hates them, but.
1: I got some stuff for his things.
0: Now, hold on, wait. What's Cavie's mixture?
1: It's Curly Cut. But is it a vapor? Yeah.
0: Man, I wish I had made it in.
1: Yeah, I got some of that at the house, too. It's good.
0: You think it's better than all the ones we've, all four of these?
1: Mm, no, not, it's probably on par with the Scooter. It also has, like, some characteristics that I see in um, Telegraph Hill, but not, like, not, not to a super major degree.
0: No, no. It's a nice day out. hmm Everybody's hustling, bustling.
1: Someone's got an electric lawnmower over there.
0: Oh, yeah. But... No, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend Telegraph Hill to someone that's sort of, you know. I agree. There, there, there are better vapors, but it's it's worth a go. Mm-hmm. It's worth a go, like just to, for your own personal benefit. Um, I think everybody should probably do the stuff and things challenge, as I call it. Smoke some Stratford, smoke some Telegraph Hill, and smoke some Fillmore, and see what you think.
1: No. Nope, I think that they should smoke Fillmore, Sixpence, and Jackknife plug. Mm. And there's a Ready Rub. I think Jackknife. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had that or Triple Play. I can't remember. It's one of those. Whichever one of the. Crap.
0: There is a Ready Rub Jackknife plug. I know that.
1: Give me a second, folks. And the re- <laughs> Patrick, entertain our crowd. Yeah. I'm looking up the list.
0: Let me woo you with my words of wisdom. I, I, I like Stratford a lot. I like, I don't know if it'll stay in my steady rotation. But I really like Stratford. I think it's worth people's time. It's not doing that. It's got to be Triple. Yeah, it probably is triple play. I know Jackknife is a ready rub, or they come with a ready rub, but I don't... As far as what's a vapor,
1: I don't know. But triple play might not be... It might be something else, too.
0: It could be. But...
1: It's got Kentucky in it, but it's close enough. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of triple play. I think triple play is actually not that bad. Now, I don't like bars, so that's saying something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I don't think you can. I don't think you can discredit Stratford, and Telegraph Hill so lightly. Uh-huh. Now, granted, I need to smoke more. And at the end of the day, really, I mean, if you know somebody that's got one, that's got some of these blends, just you know, try them first. If you if you're talking about it's hard to say because everybody's taste is different. Everybody's got their own personal thing. But, you know, if, if you don't want to go buy three tens of GLP's vapors, then yeah, you're probably right. Just go ahead and just buy you some Fillmore. And, you know, if you want a little bit of a different kick or I mean a different taste. So, like in the same vein as, you know, you like Margate, you want something a little bit different, go Pembroke, right? I guess in the same way, if you like Fillmore, you want something a little bit different. Go sixpence; it gives you it gives you a little bit something different. Mm-hmm. But if you got the money and you got the time, and you like experimenting with tobacco, get you get you some Strapper, get you some Telegraph Hill, and get you some Fillmore, and I guess get you some sixpence.
1: Well, now the interesting thing about sixpence, and the reason why I would say it, sixpence has such a aromatic topping on it. It's actually shocking. It has something on there that smells like a smell like grapeco to me, but like kind of like a cheap wine. So that's why I compare it to Pembroke. It's yeah. just ugh, But but tastes good. So that's why I recommend it. Personally, if you want to go, if you want to go toe to toe with three, one's got a little burly in it, but I would go. Um, I got two peas recommendations. That'd be Fillmore. And sixpence and then Reiner Gold or seventy one blend, which has a I think a touch of white Burley in it. So Burley's gonna take on the characteristics of the Virginia and the Parippe anyway, but then it's got a topper of honey and orange. That's my preference. So I think personally that would be the way I would I would roll roll that. Yeah. I would do that avenue before I would do, say, Stratford Telegraph Hill. Not to say that anything's wrong with that, but I mean I just can't imagine I mean, like, you know, you got a gray Ford, and you're riding down a gray road to a gray couch and a great day. Yeah, I'd smoke Stratford. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busting Patrick's chops a little bit. I can see him just shaking his head. Patrick could be a great, like, villain in a Miami cocaine heist film right now.
0: <laughs> got my Hawaiian shirt on.
1: Looking like a mob boss ready to kill someone.
0: Look, well, sort of going back, just changing things up a little bit here. Going back to what you said about people probably smell that little bit of topping on Fillmore and sort of, you know, waving it off. In my personal opinion, the smell hardly ever really indicates what that smoke's going to be like. The 10-note smell is is never going to indicate how good it's going to be. It Now, the...
1: I... Don't agree. Really? I can smell... If I smell plum, I'm going to probably love it. That's why every time I open up a tin or University Flake in the past, I just that smell, I'm just like, I'm there. Well, 100%. Every time. Uh, the first time I smelled in Soda Bed.
0: Oh, in Soda Bed, yes. I
1: smelled it and I was like, I'm going to love this. It and Pembroke. There's no doubt that I'm not going to love this. When I smelled it in Pembroke, I yeah. knew. I mean, that's... But it's funny... You're probably right with if it's lacking topping. It but if are. I can, if it lacks a topping, then I'm Uh-oh. not. Or if the topping is something I don't like, like whenever I smell vanilla or custard or mm-hmm. or something, I'm just like, this is going to be terrible. I'm about to ruin my day right now by smoking this. That's my opinion, obviously.
0: But do you ever? Does it ever ruin your day?
1: An aromatic that's Virginia, yeah. or I mean, that's a vanilla yeah. cherry. Yeah. I hate it.
0: Oh, okay. I feel like. Well, maybe I am wrong. Man. I was just thinking for me like,
1: well, that, no, no, you're not wrong. That's what I'm saying. If it lacks a topping,
0: well, I and was it saying smells like just like saying, sort
1: of figgy raisins or something like that with a little touch of hay. Yeah, there's no, or it's just a Latakia, and then there's like a little spice of oriental and maybe some hay of the of the Virginia or something like that. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be any overpowering aromatic topping or something. Yeah. It's probably difficult to tell whether or not you're gonna come through with a smoke. Smell any one of these. I, I swear you could probably smell every single one of these vapors that we've had from a Scudo all the way to Telegraph Hill. And I bet you, I bet you it would be difficult to tell the difference in just scent alone. But I can smoke the difference out of them. Yeah.
0: But now, well, two points. One, I was I was even referencing tobaccos that do have toppings, because I was trying to say, like, if the topping of Fillmore sh- shoes you away, it shouldn't shoot you away. But I think what it is for me is I have not smoked enough to find toppings that bother me. So I don't even really I don't pay I don't pay any mind to to the topping. Like I just I smell it, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's got a decent smell, or maybe it's got a little pungent smell or something, but I'm like, I'm not gonna make any kind of judgment until I smoke it.
1: But Patrick had an interesting transition, uh, if I can speak to your pipe. He had maybe a month to smoke an aromatic. He basically quit for a year. Yeah, I did, yeah. And then he came back and I don't think he really smoked aromatics ever again.
0: Just, well, two.
1: I mean, you gotta think about that, man. You know know how wild that is? That's not even a thing. That's Mm -hmm. like a non-thing. Most people have to, to really, most early pipe smokers, especially if they don't have like a brick and mortar or someone that they can rely on to give them helpful information. Most of them are going to start with an aromatic and they're going to have to fight their, they're going to have to really like tobacco and kind of fight their way through what I call the bland year. The only reason I smoke an aromatic at all is if I'm out in public and I want people around me not to be offended. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm at a city park or something like that and I'm going to smoke it. It's usually, I usually smoke a pipe. We have this thing called the tinsel trail. And it's just a bunch of Christmas trees by companies that have been put up and decorated. And my wife and I go walk um, this trail, and I smoke a pipe. And I always make sure I smoke a chocolate or a vanilla. It's awful, but no one around me's upset about it.
0: They let you walk through there with the pipe. Yeah, I mean it, it's out in the open. I've been through it before, but see, that's one thing. It's <laughs> I almost view like pipe smoking in the same vein as I view like carrying a gun. Like, I don't, like, it's almost like you look down, you get looked down upon, you're like, you don't know where you can go into places or you can't go into places, <laughs> you know?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like, comfortable with both. If I see a guy smoking a pipe, I'm comforted. And if I see a guy open carrying, I'm like, I do not feel, if he's open carrying, I don't feel like he's going to do anything. That's what cracks me up. Actually, I'm People just... are more paranoid about open carry, and Every time I see a gun, I'm just like, I doubt he's going to use it.
0: I mean, I see the logic in that. Oh, dang, I hate you. keep bringing up inconsistencies in my own self. Because actually, I don't want to know if you have a gun. But actually, I'm probably safer if the guy is open carrying. I just don't like the, I just don't really.
1: I feel like he's setting the tone. And he's just like, yeah, I'll use it. But I mean, why would I?
0: Yeah. Whereas if you're concealing it, it's like, why are you hiding it?
1: Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? You got some malicious activity going on? Mm. I don't know. I don't ever see that many people open carry, but the last time I did see somebody open carry, it was in a church, and that's what sort of bugged me. I'm not saying you shouldn't open carry in church. It's just with all the craziness that's been yeah, going God, on.
1: Yeah, Christ had all those passages about how much he was into collision cops and stuff. I think it was in Matthew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, like with all the crazy stuff that's been going on, it's like when I saw that guy with the open carry, I was just like, bro.
1: But, Why I mean, I'm like, right I'm right glad you're point. there,
0: because what if somebody does, does come in? Well, they conceal.
1: I don't want to know that you got a gun in the house of the Lord. That's my opinion on that. But that's the same way with me. Now, look, I'm, a, okay, so, like, we're going to get a little religious for a second, but it'll be quick. If you're in church, like, I'm sort of a prude when it comes to stuff like that, because I'm sort of traditional. Yeah. I don't want to see a hat on your head. I don't want you to be wearing shorts. I definitely don't want you carrying a gun.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of with
1: hey, you. You don't it. have to, even even if you don't believe, just have like a little bit of respect for the the building that people are worshiping in. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go around eating bacon in front of a a mosque, or like try to make someone do some work on a Saturday in front of a synagogue. That's ridiculous. It's just disrespectful. Yeah. So I'm not going to open carry as a Christian in a church. Yeah.
0: And see, and we get a little bit more crazy here. I feel like religious places are, are at least for me and the way it's been going it's almost like I don't like the fact that people can can be afraid in their in a place that they're supposed to find something connect to something that's greater than themselves that they believe in and and like it's almost like you know what there there's terrorist attacks that happen they' they're always gonna happen and you know it's just fact right but man it's almost like churches religious places should just be off limits like there should be some kind of dignity about well, it. yeah
1: i mean it seems vulgar to attack something like that but huh. i mean like you know i mean it's like christians are just as notoriously awful for it i mean like oh yeah a woman going to get an abortion say right and I'll, we could, i'm not trying to get super political here but like she shouldn't she's regardless of what you feel on it that's a tough decision I mean, she shouldn't be taking it lightly, I'm assuming. Yeah. But she saw also not be fearful of getting, like, bombed or shot at by Christians who, like, when, when in the world would that be okay Yeah, in their text? Well, I'll say two things to that statement. One, it's
0: it's legal right now. If you want to change that, go about it a legal way, right? That's why I had problems with, Roy Moore and the gay marriage stuff I was like listen it's the law now if you want to change it do something legally to change it you know and if you don't agree with it then step down and let somebody else get elected that will carry out the law as it is Mm -hmm. but my second point is I heard this the other day I never really thought about it but it's so true you cannot say that you're pro-life and blow up abortion clinics because how can you take a life and be pro-life
1: that's a that's a perfect point yeah you don't have to agree with so, with someone's stance but like you can still cherish life outside of it yeah. and like here's another thing too like if you believe in like the sort of forgiveness of the father and the son and then and that all all creatures in a way are like if you're a Christian this is the philosophy of Christianity that everything is fallible and that they can be forgiven. And that there's a greater purpose for them. Then why don't you bomb them with prayer? You know? Yeah. In your privacy of your home. I mean, like, what... You know? It's just... You know, I don't want to get... Like I said... With me, like, I don't... You won't hear me going after non-religious folk. Or people of other religions. Because I think that the problem that the church has right now is that... that technically, it is not it is not a it, there there needs to be some like an inner quest so to speak they need to they really need to look into their own house and have some reform because you can believe that a sin is a sin and we shouldn't do it but um what does politics have to do with that what is i mean the church is like involved with all the stuff that really isn't getting it anywhere yeah i think right. that's dangerous terrain i think it's it's perverted the philosophy and the kindness and the forgiveness and the sanctity that you know christ established sorry we're getting close to easter guys so i'm getting a little probably but all i'm saying is is there's that you know yeah Yeah. i don't think it's 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 not a make or break i have tons of friends who are non-religious friends close friends i take a bullet for you know oh yeah um uh, there's people I work with who don't believe and like I love them. Oh, but they're yeah. also heavy workers, you know. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you know, I mean, it's a, the, I don't feel like one way or another. I'm. It's like some sort of defective character flaw or anything no. like that. Yeah. I've also uh, but yeah. like you should you should act accordingly. You should be different if that's what your you know your religion established up. I mean, if your religion is a religion of hate and murder. I don't know what that would be, but like if you if you know if you were in this murder Christianity, I guess maybe then it's okay. But like I don't know how how that's gonna jive with anything.
0: Yeah, and then you I mean you sort of get into some of those. We'll get into that later, but I you know I've always said like, listen, I'm I'm gonna hang out with a nice, uh, loving, uh, respectful atheist. I'll, I'll pick hanging out with them every day over a piece of junk, um, you know, egotistical, um, just stupid Christian. You know, mm-hmm. any day of the week. Like, if, you, if you're a mean person,
1: like a complete dick. Well, hate is hate.
0: Yeah.
2: You
1: yeah. know? I mean, how much of what do you do? Proactively within your community. I mean, I'm like we bust each other's shops and stuff like that. But that's not out of hate.
2: Mm-mm.
1: As a matter of fact, if I didn't like a person, I probably wouldn't do the things that I do. Probably um, wouldn't speak much to them. I don't really speak much to people I'm not fond of. Oh, why waste your time? It's not. It's just like yeah. I mean, you're you're right. There's no other way to phrase it than me. it sounds okay. harsh, but it's you're right. I mean, it's like probably not gonna go out of my way to do anything. I will go out of my way to try to introduce myself to someone. And if they reciprocate and there's something there to it, then we can develop something out of that, like a friendship or, you know, like with my wife or relationship. But, you know, I mean, like, if you're sort of um, sick, distant, um, you know, you have kind of a malignant personality that's dark and I mean I, I I have a joking manner about me that's dark but like you know I mean I'm talking about like for real deal where it's just like man I cannot be around this person
2: mm-hmm. And
1: I'm, I'm probably not going to spend too much time with you I'm going to try to cut ties as quick as possible for the younger viewers you understand this as you start to get into your 30s and 40s man like if you don't cut some of that stuff off it, it weighs you down yeah. I always compare it to like uh, sinking ships you know um, you'll never be able to bail out a ship that's sinking when yours is being drugged down by that ship like you need to cut ties and get away from it and then assess
0: yeah oh I agree
1: especially if yours is sinking too you know you have to like own your own house and it?
0: well it's like what they tell you on the airplanes but that could be yeah. put your mask on before you help other people right.
1: but that could be for anything that's not that's not religious for Or political or anything. I think right now the biggest problem is people don't have conversations. Uh,
0: Yeah, I heard on the radio today in in our area, in the, in the, the Huntsville, Alabama metro area, I heard on the radio, I think the Huntsville Muslim Society or Islamic Society had some kind of commercial talking about how they're having like a Community picnic thing where they open to the public and they want people to come and just, you know, get to know people, mm-hmm. have a sense of community uh, between them and people who aren't Muslim in the community. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's what we need. Now, you know, it, it could be a complete political stunt, but I hope it's not. I hope it's just uh, a. Oh, you hope sincere. something like
1: that would be altruistic, I guess.
0: Yeah, you and know. that's the problem. A lot, of, a lot of times, it's hard right now. It's hard to separate what is altruistic and what's politically motivated, right? Especially with religion.
1: Oh, I mean, you should you should treat religions the same way you treat religion in the state. You know, they're, they're basically separate entities. And yes. just because the state has a law, okay, we're going to use abortion again. Sorry, guys, but um, because that seems like something that people really disagree with in certain religious organizations, right? Oh yeah. And that's that's fine. You know, you think it's not good, right? But at the same time it's like make sure that you're teaching that within your thing and then you vote accordingly. But that doesn't mean that you I mean like if you're not doing it, you know, that's separating it out already. And that's a good yeah. start. Yeah, exactly. And then your funds and your vote should go to a certain thing too. Like, you know, if you want to raise money for awareness or to help women who have decided to have a baby and you're helping them by providing them diapers and things like that. Those are the good things. To me the rallies and the and the insane arguments that lead to fist fights and explosion. That's what we got to get away from. Well yeah, cuz I don't think you shouldn't have an opinion. That's not what I'm saying. I just think that the way in which we're going about it has gotten so extreme. The gap is so wide now between different people that there's no way to communicate anyway yeah i mean i mean you gotta think about it if it if if once upon a time let's we'll use left and right we don't have to you know that's pretty simplistic if left and right were only separated by a stream you could speak right yeah stream was babbling maybe there's a little white noise in there but you could speak if that stream over say got rough and cut out a gorge that eventually became a canyon right the only people that can be heard are the people who are yelling the loudest. Yep. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah. The only people being heard ap- across the rift are the most vile, yelling, spewing nightmares. And the
0: real people who actually should be conversing are getting drowned by the river or
1: falling off into the canyon. Because, I mean, they can't. Because you're blindly trying to. Uh, and another thing, too, that's even more kind of maybe poignant to this metaphor is, is that. You can't fall off if you're really trying hard to listen to the voices because you're leaning in, and then eventually you fall in, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. not good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, look, and sort of pulling it back to what you were saying, it's like calling somebody a baby murderer. That's not gonna win anybody over. How does that win? And I'm not trying to like say argument should be won and things like that. I'm just, I'm just saying how are you going to create change when you're spewing hate the love of of a of an unborn child does not justify the hate of the person killing them
1: and that's another thing too like uh exactly what you're saying you know when you get to that level right Mm -hmm. um where you're just saying, you, you know, I think I said this on a, a podcast earlier. Watch Twelve Angry Men.
0: Yeah,
1: it's an interesting. Um, it's like a case study. In a it's way. like a case study on how you argue. Mm-hmm. If you're if you come in like blasting, you're not gonna get. You're, na- you're alienating people. Yeah, it, because like it's all about like the the whole arc of that story is, is that one of the guys wasn't sure he leaned into his unsured mindset yeah more so than he leaned into like oh, i'm pretty sure everyone else was confirmed yeah and he was like i don't know and that one question and the inability to actually say that he was sure about being unsure Yeah, you know, he was not even really he was just like i mean you you guys are probably right he wasn't even super confirmed you know that caused issues as well. Yeah, it's but, it's
0: a good it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, yeah.
0: Please, people, go home and watch it. <laughs> but we'll we'll pick up some more of this stuff uh, tomorrow on our conclusion to the vapors. Uh-huh. So, hope you enjoyed this. Not <laughs> talk about Telegraph Hill.
1: Well, we talked about it enough.
0: Nah, I might tell you what we're going to do tomorrow. But
1: yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed ten minutes of Telegraph Hill. And 50 minutes of something else. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Y'all enjoy yourselves. Bye. The conclusion to... Tobrak.
1: Autology. Autology.
0: Hot dog. Let me borrow that. Virginia
1: Perique. Well, guys, we really went off the rails on the last uh, podcast. I think you guys came in looking for a review on Telegraph Hill. And what you ended up getting was the longest rabbit chase I think we've ever performed on the show. I mean, even in regular episodes, I don't think we've gotten that lost in the weeds. I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's just like that sort of mid to end of the week blues. You just sort of mind meld and just drift off into I don't get it, but we did not want to talk about tobacco.
0: We just wanted to smoke it.
1: Yeah, we're more interested in smoking it. But it's kind of interesting if you're You know, it actually made me think about it a lot about Telegraph Hill. Um, Telegraph Hill was the only one that actually could be a number one blend in its own right. Because it's so nothing that I just wanted to talk. I I really wasn't put on or off by any of the flavors to the point that all I just wanted to do was speak to Patrick. And that might have been... It might be the perfect party blend or something, well, or the perfect conversation blend because I don't—I literally couldn't think of anything to say about the tobacco other than meh, and then I just wanted to talk about other things.
0: And that may be the reason why old stuff things like Elizabethan and like Stratford, because it's just a just a what does he call it? Meat and potatoes, just mm-hmm. you know, you don't. I mean, if you eat like a, a meat and potatoes plate. Are you going to sit there and, you know, just go, you know, oogle over oh, o- really? over the taste of it? You're just going to eat it because it, it just supplies you uh-huh. with your what you need. And if you just want to smoke and think on something, that, be, that might be what the purpose of it
1: is. I mean, I get that. I just, I want more to my tobacco, you know. I just want more to it. I don't want to... I mean, there are moments when I don't want to think about what I'm doing. I just want to go through the motion of doing it. It Kind of sounds crazy, but I mean, it's... You know, that's the way I feel about it. Sometimes I'm just going to go through... The process of... It's like folding clothes. Why do you want to fold clothes? You don't. You just do it. You just do the thing. Every once in a while, I just want something that's just going to behave... Just exactly like a traditional tobacco that I like. But... I still kind of would like to taste the thing, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you still want to, you still want to. I don't. Know, you still want to enjoy what you're doing, and of course, smoking tobacco. You're always going to enjoy it, but it's almost like if it's not doing everything you want it to do, then it's almost like a waste of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just it just doesn't seem like something that I don't want to, like you said, waste the time. You gotta think, if you're like the puff master, you still invested 15, 20 minutes on a pipe. More than likely. Yeah. Right? Um, you're not, you're, you know, you're not going to be any less than 15 minutes, I wouldn't think. Unless you're really got unless you have a, a particularly small clay pipe that you're going out for sort of a smoke break, and then it's kind of like At that point, you're smoking so hard and so fast. I mean, do you taste anything at all? What's that like, you know? Might as
0: well just smoke cigarettes. Right.
1: I just don't get it. With that said, like, um, any pipe that you load up to the top is probably going to take a minimum of 40 minutes. Even if it's a small pipe. Even if you're kind of a If you're just, especially if you're middle of the road puffing, it's a 40 minute thing. I mean, that's the reason why most of our podcasts are, they only run a little bit over if we kind of fib about when the pipe was over (laughs) and, uh, we're just kind of still trying to wrap up the conversation, which has happened a couple of times. But I mean, you're looking at, I smoke for about an hour, plenty of really re re I make sure I get all the way to the bottom of the bowl. Um, I'm looking at about 50 minutes, uh, or so, uh, 50 minutes plus to smoke a bowl. Sometimes I'll refill, but like, ultimately it's about 15, it's about an hour episode, so that seems about right, you know? Yeah. So, you know, if you're investing that much time, why would you waste it with something that is so boring? I'm sort
0: of with you there, I mean. But, so, sort of get back to it as far as um, the conclusion to Vapors. I, I think if you've followed along with us from the beginning, you sort of already know. Um, mm-hmm. As far as these four contenders, uh, for me, it's a Scudo. Uh Scudo is a great, just... It's a great all-day, just... I mean, it, it is the... It is... You know, as far as the goes, it is the artisan of the vapors. I mean, it's just a good all-day smoke. smoking. Anytime you want to, it's not gonna let you down. It's not gonna trick you. It's, you know, once one bowl might not be, might every bowl's gonna be the same. That's right. So, uh, you, you, uh, bullseye flake sorta didn't make it because not, not every bowl will be the same. Sometimes you just depends on the way you fold it. You may get a little cavendish at the top. You may not get it to the bottom. Things are a little different, and it just doesn't have, it's not as complex. Um, Telegraph Hill, it's got its merits, but then, you know, it, there's definitely superior GLP blends that you could get. And then Elizabethan, it, it's gone. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's. I wouldn't worry. I will not don't lose sleep over it.
1: You're right. I'm in the same boat. is number one. I don't think that was too hard to suss out just from our general conversations. The funny thing is, is from episode one to now, my, oh, this is a pretty middle of the road to, like, this is the best. I, man, like, just something about a Scudo pushed forward to the top and then just, eh, you know, the other ones just got brushed aside like they were nothing. Because there weren't really anything to write home about. Like a scudo was rich, it was consistent, it's packable, it's it's just you know it come. You can smoke it wet, you can smoke it dry. Um, it's just good. It has nice citrusy, grassy notes with just a touch of like some spice in there to make it interesting. It's the perfect middle ground vapor. I think, to compare all other vapors to. And I think that it is a great way to extrapolate what you think of vapors by smoking a Scudo. Yeah.
0: Now, if, if you smoke a Scudo and you say, hey, I want some more Perique, go hit those GLP's blends. You know, hit Telegraph Hill or Fillmore if you want a little bit more uh, Perique in your in your vapor. Uh-huh. If, you, if you want a little bit something, you want a little bit more sweetness, right. get some Luxury Bulls Off hmm You know? If you want some all-out blandness where you're just basically wasting your time... Find you some Elizabethan. Yeah.
1: Blandness. <laughs> Waste your time and your money.
0: Yeah. Pay 70 Pay seventy bucks for a blend of Elizabethan. I'm not saying we did. I'm just saying I've seen it out there for 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. Pay 70 bucks and just... Pay for that Dunhill name. Mm-hmm.
1: A Dunhill name that no longer exists with tobacco. I understand why people like it. I mean... Because Nightcap is really good, so is Early Morning Pipe. And I really do like, it's kind of funny, I like the Navy Rolls that Dunhill produced, but I'm almost completely convinced they're just a Scudo. So, you know. But a Scudo is just, I mean, I could see why, you know. Uh, questions I would have uh, would be to see what a Scudo uh, stacks up against uh, Curly Block by Peter hynek Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see it against Cabby's mixture which is a good blend by um, Samuel Galwith another good mixture by Galwith that is a Virginia Perique would be St. James Flake those are the things you'd want to stack it against you wouldn't want to stack it against these kind of middle of the road eh kind of blends I mean I, I've had Virginias that are more interesting than these vapors and that's saying something not to say that people who only smoke Virginias or love Virginias are at a wrong, but I mean, there's something added to it that make it interesting. And I can tell you right now, it isn't this Virginia Perique that we've been tra- uh, sampling on. But the Escudo? No, it totally hits the mark. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it may be something that I start getting regularly. It could be one of those staples I, I you know, pick on.
1: As my, like, two cents on this subject goes... I'll say this, I believe, personally, that you should try a Scudo. And then I think the next two things you should try are definitely Fillmore and definitely Reiner. Mm -hmm. I think that those are really, really good examples of great Virginia Perique and then one with a little touch of Burley, white Burley.
0: And I would also say... Give a give a HH Acadian a try. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Really, I haven't found an HH blend that I don't like. I've only had three, but.
1: Syrian, Latakia, and Acadian. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to give Old Dark for our, You know, coming up, guys, is uh May. May 4th, the 3rd. The Friday before the. Kentucky Derby. I really want to do a um, a comparison of uh, HH Old Dark Fired, uh, Dark Strong by Peter Heinrich, and uh, which I love, and then Orlick's Dark Kentucky, or D- Kentucky Strong.
0: Or and then you can also throw in the HH Bold Kentucky, because yeah. HH has two different Kentucky blends.
1: And you can technically throw in Jack Jack Knife Club because it's a it's a Dark Fired. And we can even do a three nuns because it's got a core. Mm -hmm. But I really want to stick, I would like to stick with just four and really just the ones that actually, you know, really put it out on Main Street that it's dark fired, which would be Orlick's, Peter Heinrich's, and uh, HH. The two Mc Yeah, the McBarrons, yeah. Just the
0: two.
1: Okay. Let's
0: do it. Do you go to the Kentucky Derby lot?
1: I've, uh, I've never been to the Kentucky Derby. I've been to Churchill Downs, so. though. Mm. I'm not really into horse racing. It's just too much to, to invest. Like, you gotta know about those horses and things. Um, my personal track record at the track is terrible because I picked, like the funniest name, and they lose like every time.
0: <laughs> They're probably... That probably brought to those races on purpose it's for like, people like you. I know, man. Because they add money to the win. Like they make the pot bigger it's when like there's no I, way
1: they're going to win. 20 on Wednesday Apple Bottom. And then, like, I'll see, like, I'll put $100 on 2x4 Chody Roy. It's just like, what in the <laughs> world? That is the greatest name ever. And then I, I lose money. And they're always like, and you can tell like that's how they suck you in by these crazy names because they're always long shots. It's like, what you, like if I ever won one, I'd be a millionaire because it's just like, it's got a one in a billion chance of winning. I'm like, put a hundred on it. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should go up there one day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: check it out. I've never been, I'm not, I'm not into horse racing, so I don't know. I don't know anything about it either. But well, yeah. So that concludes the 2019 edition, the first annual, or the inaugural, uh, to bracketology. Yes, sir. So we thank everybody that participated. Uh, we're always we always want to hear you guys' feedback. You know, um, maybe maybe there's some things about this year's that you didn't like, and we'll try to improve on it next year, maybe.
1: Yep. Uh.
0: So, I don't know this one's gonna be a little short one, cause. We gave you a lot uh, yesterday. Uh So, um, again, we hope you enjoyed all these blasts of episodes. But uh, take it easy, pipe smokers.
2: Adios.